here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J-Cast. I'm Joel Abraham. With me is Damon McDonald. How's it going, Damon? Oh, very good. I just had a uh, professional mental health evaluation from Joel, <laughs> and uh, I'm rocking and rolling now, so uh, everything should be fine. Uh, look, we had some wonderful pro wrestling this week. We've had, um, from across the globe, it felt like, um, not only the, the best of the Super Juniors, which is continuing on, as we speak, but, uh, you know, even some New Japan stars in um, the UK. I, I watched a little bit of that. I'm sure many of uh, our listeners caught some of that as well with the Ring of Honor shows. Uh, All Japan had a pretty good show, too. I don't know if you saw uh, any of that. That was a very good show with uh, Marafuji and uh, Kento Miyahara, main event. That was really great. But New Japan's on fire with their juniors. Everybody's excited. It's a good time of year. It's, it kind of feels like a G1 to me um, when we talk about these best of the super juniors. And also, people seem to enjoy the crisps discussion from last week. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Uh, of anything, I think the missus was was enamored with the uh, the crisp talk. I think that should be a uh, at least a monthly feature here on the on the Jcast. Um, she, yeah, she loves it, um, and I think. Uh, I think I saw. I did see your picture uh, of your your luggage after your last return from Tokyo, <laughs> and all the bags of crisp. And even you, even the even some of your students were uh, were uh, getting in on the crisp talk. So uh, yeah, I think uh, I could I could go for uh, I could go for a salt and vinegar right now. It's eight o'clock in the morning here on the East Coast, but I could still shovel down a nice salt and vinegar to be good. Any changes? Yeah. Any any what what's the um what are the hot takes from the from the listeners on the crisps? Uh well, quality content is what one listener described it as. Mm. And I think maybe uh, in the future when we do un unleash our Patreon uh subscriber page, then we can lock that kind of content behind maybe like a twenty dollar a month paywall. Yeah. We can have that, we can have the uh mental health evaluation talk and all of that. You you'll have to pay for that in future, guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, that's really that's better than the wrestling talk. Let's be let's be truthful. Um, and and uh, you know, we could sprinkle it in. You know, we can we could tease the listeners with it and uh, let them know what they're missing in our in our uh, ultra tier Jcast. Um, but again, that that comes at a price. That's 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 radio gold right there. But today we'll uh, we'll sprinkle some of that in. We'll also sprinkle in uh, lots of stuff from the best of the super juniors and again other tidbits that i think joel does an awesome job we were talking about this kind of a little behind the curtain of hey should we you know how should we format the i said joel you you i love what you're doing i love the fact that you sprinkle in and out listener questions 
Um, are we doing more listener questions? Yes, we got lots oh. of listener questions today. See, I love that. I love the way he runs this show. He's this guy. Let me tell you, he's saving my life. This Joel. So uh, good job by him. All right. Uh, where, where are we going for first? Free. I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the first item on the New Japan News Roundup is that Minoru Suzuki went to visit his former elementary school last week. There was a little article in Tokyo Sports uh, that the kids asked to chop Suzuki who gladly complied before saying, okay, it's my turn next. Oh now, my how would you feel if your kid was in a, a, an elementary school and Minoru Suzuki came to visit? Um, I would think it would be pretty pretty awesome, actually. Um, I, would, I would be excited. But with, with the knowledge that there would be a chop exchange, is that, am, I, am, I, am I accurate in that, Joel? Uh, I think... He was uh, joking that there would be an exchange. I think he was on the receiving end of church, but I don't think he gave them out. I mean, I don't know what corporal punishment laws are like in Japan. I don't know. Maybe that's an accepted part of the culture that if one of your students mouths off at you, you get to slap them in the chest like uh, Walter would in a uh, WXW Ooh. match. But uh, I certainly can't do that over here. Yeah, okay. I, I, same here. Same here. Uh, but I'll have you know that back in the day, so even like, like back in my day, so uh, we have uh, public schools in the United States, and then we have um, – uh, they were mostly Catholic schools. They, we call them Catholic schools because it was a, the school that was run by the Catholic Church, um, and you paid to go to these schools. So um, it, it, it wasn't really like private school. They were definitely religious-based, and it was all – like there wasn't like a Baptist school where I was. It was all Catholic schools. Anyway um, – but back in the day, the nuns would be able to hit you. They they would slap you in the face, and they would crack your knuckles, and they would uh, hit you with a ruler and, and 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 stuff. And that wasn't that long ago. I mean, I mean, I'm an old guy, but you know, that was you know maybe 25 years ago. They they could still do that. Um, yeah. So times have changed, Joel. So I don't know if Suzuki's going to be able to get away with a chop. Uh, the kids chopping. I want to see this. I want pictures and I want video. If people can send that my way, I think that would be adorable. Have you ever seen? Um, there's a video online that I really kind of. Every time I'm in a bad mood, I'll put it on and it instantly turns the corner for me. So it looks like it's a um, uh, English teaching class, and I don't know if they're in Japan or I don't know if where, exactly where it is. Um, but it's the guys singing, uh, Ramon songs and the kids are singing along. I think the song Judy is a punk. Uh, and it is so adorable. These little kids screaming out Ramon's lyrics. Uh, they can't be more than five or six and the classroom is packed and they're singing Ramon songs and it's, it's just the most adorable thing. So watch that. I know we're all over the place already. We've just started, but, um, what else we got, Joel? Uh, well, just speaking of Suzuki, it just popped into my head. One of my favorite pieces of trivia about him. I know you're not a big gamer, but you're familiar with the fighting series Tekken. I am. Yes, I, I absolutely am. Are you familiar with the character King? King. Uh, describe King. So King is the pro wrestler who wears a leopard mask or a jaguar yes. mask. I forget which one it is. Yes, yes, so yes. So, of course, this is a character that is uh, a homage to Tiger Mask. Yes. Yes, I am familiar uh, the person who did the motion capture for King and his wrestling moves in the early editions of Tekken was none other than Minoru Suzuki. Really? Uh-huh. Wow. That's very interesting. Ah, I did not know that. Okay. 
I thought you were going to say ACH. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he'd love that. He wishes yeah, I, he was doing that. I bet he does. Yeah, I learned it's, it's the anime thing that he's into, right? It's not the, yeah. necessarily the video game stuff, right? Yes. Okay. Naruto, people were telling me on Twitter that is his big thing. Yes, yes. Um, I, I remember going, not the, the year it was um, opening match was uh, Tiger Mask W against, uh, was it Black Tiger or Evil Tiger? Tiger the Dark. Tiger the Dark. Um, the And he's at the airport. Like the first, I walk out the, you know, the doors at Narita and I get my apple iced tea, which I can't get in the States. I need that apple iced tea from Lipton. Jesus Christ, is the greatest. Every time I go there, I can never find it. Um, and it's juice. And it's uh, ACH standing right there. And I was like, hey, guys. And he's like, hey, you're from Philly. I was like, yeah. Um, and we were just talking. To him. I was like, yeah, that's a nice spot you got there. You know, kind of. You know, he's like, yeah, you know, it should be fun, blah, 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 blah. That's my, interest, that's my interesting ACH story, by the way. <laughs> that's that's uh, in Tokyo. And then he left. And then I went to the hotel. That's it. All right. Now, he said on Twitter recently, ACH, that uh, the new Tiger of the Dark should be Ember Moon from WWE. <laughs> a solid pick there. I think so too. That should be uh, that should be fun. Listen, uh, I think uh, Kota Obushi is uh, uh, can put on that. Du- oh, am I exposing the business now? Maybe I should just be quiet. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But let's move on. I feel embarrassed now. Yeah, next you're going to be telling us that Santa's not real. Yeah, monster. I know. I know. So, my bad. All right, well, sticking with the video games tip, we mentioned about the uh, special show, the CEO show. So I got a bit of info from this from at RI underscore BK on Twitter. So this is a Florida event. It's a yearly tournament for fighting games called Community Effort Orlando. And the theme for the past few years has been wrestling. And the stage is a ring. And Kenny Omega and Xavier Woods are regular visitors. Uh, So this person has got a question. He said, it's a great event bringing the world of competitive gaming and wrestling together. Barring the Jericho Cruise, in your opinion, what other crossovers have a chance of working with a wrestling event or theme? I would say browsers. No. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be great. Imagine imagine us on set. Wow. He's really really giving it to her there, uh, Joel. Uh, I don't know. How do you review that? Um, Terrible. Um... Cross I can imagine. Over. I can imagine Mauro Ronaldo doing pretty good commentary for something like that. <laughs> right. right, that would be. He would. He would take notes. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah he'd do uh, his homework. He certainly would. Imagine him in the hotel room, like pouring through all the DVDs, pages and pages of notes. <laughs> right, he's like Monique Alexander. She's from uh, Stockton, California. The fighter. Uh, I just mentioned my favorite porn star. Um, uh, what crossover? What? Hmm, that's interesting. Hmm. I let me. I don't have an answer, and I and again, I jokingly say the the pornography industry. Um. But honestly, I think maybe that might be the one. I mean, it would be you know, it'd be a terrible idea. Don't get me wrong, but like, just imagine the the uh, the comedy gold there. Jeez, it's so fucking good. Um. What crossover? I don't know, but let me ask this. If it were free, now let, let me let me get a little investment from Joel. Joel, you have to plunk down, I'll say five hundred bucks. You could take the misses. Do you go on the Jericho cruise? No. No, me neither. There's other things I'd rather spend that money on, like crisps, oh, for example. Right, right. I would rather buy $500 worth of crisps than go on a cruise with a bunch of pro wrestlers because nothing good could come of that. Um I'd rather go on the Kiss Cruise, right? 
you know, the band Kiss, they had a cruise where all they did was play Kiss music. Um, yeah, I would rather do. No, I can't imagine that. Like, like I is 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 any one of our listeners? Do you think? Do you think any of our listeners are going on the Jericho cruise? I doubt it. I don't know. It I, just seems like a very niche thing. So it just seems a bit sleazy to me. I don't know. I can't imagine it being uh, particularly wholesome fun. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. It's, I don't. I. I. You know. Listen. It's a bunch of pro wrestlers on a on a on a on a cruising vessel in the middle of the ocean. Again, what good could come of this with alcohol and? But here's the thing too. A lot of the the guys, and I don't know the full lineup of everybody who's going to be there, but um, like. I, like you don't hear a bad reputation about you know Nick and Matt Jackson, right? <laughs> you know, getting all loaded up and um, you know doing Melcher drivers off the top of the buffet table. Um, but again, it's, it's it is just a weird dynamic. I don't know, and and it's like five days of it. Like, how do you? I don't know. I'm curious if, if anybody is going on this Jericho cruise. I we we would need a to, to interview you, and B uh, we would need a full report. We would need a full report because um, I just – I don't know. It's not for me. I just want to see who would go to that. I don't know. All right. So there, there we go. We got So for all those people who are time stamping at home, um, we've talked Jericho Cruise now. So uh, I think we've wrapped that up. All right. Next, uh, Joel, what else we got? Well, speaking of crossovers, there's an interesting crossover here between professional wrestling and the world of movies. There's a, a new film coming out in Japan later on this year called My Dad is a Heel Wrestler. Uh, Japanese title is Papa Wa Warumono Champion. And this movie is featuring none other than Hiroshi Tanahashi, starring as Cockroach, um, as a heel wrestler. And it's about his uh, relationship with his, uh, I think it's with his son, and how he sort of manages to balance that being a bad guy in the ring, but trying to be a, a good father to his kids. There's a lot of cameos by the New Japan wrestlers in there. You can see Okada in the trailer. That's coming out in a September is this? Have you seen the trailer for that yet, Damon? I have seen the trailer. Yes, I did watch it. As a matter of fact, um, oh boy. Well, look, um, I think it's adorable, right? My, it, of course, why not? I mean, it's not going to be. Uh, it's. I, I don't think we're going to be talking about this. What's the Japanese equivalent of the Academy Awards? Um, whatever that is, I, it's. It's not going to be a discussion. I don't think. Um, but. I I don't know why there is a certain uh, it reminds me of like a Disney movie or a um uh like a like a after school special that the kids used to watch here back in the states. Um you know, I don't think this is anything uh, I don't think we're going to be seeing any uh you know, Robert De Niro-esque performances from Hiroshi Tanahashi. But uh Cockroach Man I'm in. Uh and do, do we know who what Okada's uh character's name is? Do we do we have that established yet? No, I don't know that yet. No, no, okay. don't know. Well, look, we'll f all right. We'll figure it out. Uh, it, but uh, this is why he got his hair cut, right? This is this was remember when he got his hair originally uh, chopped off? Everybody was all up in arms. This, this is the movie, right? Yeah, and then at Wrestle Kingdom himself, he was wearing extensions. And don't think I didn't notice them, Hiroshi. I noticed hair doesn't yeah. grow back that quickly. Yeah. Well, listen, Joel's very big on the hair weaves and. Uh, uh, hair hairstyles. So uh, yeah, you're not going to slip one by him on that one, um, and that's fine. I think, uh, but doesn't he always wear extensions? I can't believe we're talking about this, but doesn't he always have like, uh, you know, one day he'll just come in, he'll have like the like the the, the braids in his hair, and then long, you know, he's always into the extensions. That's one thing, like, man. They, they they that that doesn't translate here in the states. Like there are no guys walking around 
with, you know, you know, going into the office with hair extensions. That just doesn't happen here in the States. In Japan, it feels like, you know, there's a lot of flat irons, right? A lot of flat irons. Uh, a lot of dry hair, too. Like, they, they feel if, like, Naito, I mean, get some fucking conditioner in that shit, right? A little VO5 or something, I don't know. It just seems very, like, flat ironed out. Like, over, over, I can't believe we're talking about this. But it feels like it's over, you know, it's too much shit's going on in his hair and it's drying it out. Come on. I need a hairstylist on this show. I need I need a hot take from a hairstylist, and I'm going to show him hair from New Japan Pro Wrestling Superstars, and then we're going to see who has the good hair and the bad hair. All right? Why don't we do that? And I think the winner is going to be Kodo Bushi. I think he's – and Kushida. Kushida has really cool hairstyles. Like that – like I wish I were Kushida, I think. I think that's what I really want to say. I really wish I was Kushida. All right. Uh, what else we got? Um – Speaking of Tanahashi, he's got this podcast that he does every week. And mm. on his most recent episode, according to Chris Charlton at Reason JP, uh, Shota Umino was on the latest edition of Tanahashi's podcast. And he was talking a bit about the room setup in the dojo. So uh, Shota has got his own room in the dojo. And Tetsuhiro Yagi and Ren Narita, they share a room because they're such good friends. They did actually have enough space to move into separate rooms, but they didn't want to because they like each other so much. Isn't that sweet? Aw, that is nice. Um, Narita's actually got a concussion at the moment in a a little uh, caveat, uh, a side note there. Uh, Tomoyuki Oka has a twin room to himself for now, but he'll have to share when somebody new comes. And there's a quote here from Umino. He says, Oka watches so much anime, will finish for the day and turn it turn in at 11 at night and he puts the anime on nobody wants to room with all that so what i need damon is an ochre and ach tag team where they cosplay as different anime characters each time they come out all right okay i like that first of all i'm not shocked that tanahashi has a podcast because quite frankly everybody has a fucking podcast join the club um it's a little bloated in this space a little bit tanahashi you know i'm just saying you're getting in a little late uh Two, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I've never been to the dojo. Like, I've never even, like, it's a little outside of the, you know, anywhere that I would normally travel around in, in Tokyo. So I've never been there, and, I've, and I don't know, like, how that sleeping quarters looks. Um, I, it, I can't imagine it be, them having all kinds of space to themselves. It's, be a little cramped. So I guess once you find a person that you kind of connect with and that's cool and you have, you know, the same sleeping patterns and shit like that, like you don't mind the guy snoring or whatever, like you don't want to give that up. You know what I mean? Like like the, op- the opportunity. It's like, it's like college, you know, getting a, a new roommate. It's just like, oh, fuck. Um, so, no, I get that. I get where he's coming from. He's holding on to the guy he can, can live with. That, that's good. Um, Narita with a concussion. That's concerning. It's concerning again. Yeah, look, these young lions are starting to drop like flies here, Joel. Any uh, any thoughts on this? Yeah, it is a bit of a worry. Um, I don't really know what to make of it. I guess you, you've got to take the most precautions that you can when a guy's got a concussion or even suspected concussion. But uh, I don't know. Maybe they're working them a bit too hard. I'm not sure what to make of that. Well, let me ask you this. Is it a matter of, of the sports science catching up with New Japan as opposed to working them harder, right? Because I can't imagine them working them any harder than they did in the 80s and the 90s, right? Though, I mean, it, it, unfortunately, it's somewhat legendary of, of the treatment these young lions would get um, in the dojo, right? So I'm, I'm guaranteeing you that they were probably 
I don't get them. I'm just going a ton of concussions that weren't reported. It was uh, sleep it off, go to bed, you know, and, and wake up and make breakfast. <laughs> don't 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 think you're getting out of that. Um, and whereas now it's you know they take a lot of precaution, or uh, let me just say more precaution that maybe they did in the past to say, up oh, that's a concussion. We might want to sit you out for the benefit of your long term health. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, you want to be avoiding situations where it's built up over long term because as we've seen pretty disastrous things can happen there so uh yeah i think you could well be right there maybe they've just got a better understanding of it now so uh we wish him all the best hope to see him back in the ring soon yeah yeah he's a good one um what did you think of this chris jericho video so i couldn't really find another place to fit this in because we're going to be talking about the juniors for most of the show but uh chris jericho appeared in the middle of one of these shows with a really strange video uh with a turtle and jericho was swearing a lot and called naito fuckface and naito says they half expected jericho to show up and uh, it was a foul mouth message but rude of whoever played it to uh he was going on this is the time to celebrate the juniors that's where the spotlight should be on but uh what did you make of that video um, it was, I, I, I don't know if dramatic is the word I'm looking for, but it was, um, it reminded me once again, and I've, and I have mentioned this before that Chris Jericho in new Japan pro wrestling reminds me so much of Terry Funk. Um, and Terry Funk was, you know, maybe minus a lot of the foul language, I mean, Terry Funk would push the envelope when it came to that, um, with the jackass and you know all that stuff. But it, it it felt very old school Terry Funk heel promo on you know pick your guy Dusty Rhodes Jerry Lawler or whatever. Um, and I think that a lot of what Chris Jericho um, connects with, I guess, or is trying to uh, give a feel for, is. Terry Funk and I and again I felt like this the 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 whole layout of of bringing in Jericho felt very 1989 to me in the sense of Flair Steamboat Okada and Omega having their classic matches and then now we're going to switch it up with Chris Jericho um and the brawling the press conference the blood uh and then the and then the match at the dome and now we're going to do the same thing with with Naito where you know, Funk maybe did the same thing with Luger or Sting or whatever the next program was after Flair, even though it was an I Quit match and he kind of turned face. But you get my point. Um, yeah. Never mind Terry Funk. He's more like Terry Fuck. Am I right? <laughs> you are right. You are right. He does. And now, I will say this. It did seem a little like, all right, we get it. And, I, and I'm the, this, this, is, this is me talking where it feels like I listen back on these shows and every other word is the, an F-bomb. Um, maybe, you know what, though? Here's the thing. If I were going to fight you, Joel, and I'm like a real fight, like I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to meet you somewhere and we're going to fucking go. I'm, I'm probably using some coarse language to tell my friends about how I'm going to kick your ass. Right. Yeah, that's going to be on the Patreon too. You're right. The actual fight. <laughs> yes, the actual actual fist fight where you just destroy me. Um, it, but but I think that's that's real, right? That would be like a real thing. Um, no, I I was okay with it. Were, 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 did you see online where people were upset with the language or upset with the tone of it? 
No, it's just people are generally amused, I think. Uh, they're calling him Swerico. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, I think if you were in a legitimate fight, I th- here's what it is. I think it's a a polar opposite of you're on the list, right? It's, you know, if you're used to you're on the list, Jericho, yeah, you're in, you're, you're in for a little bit of a shock if you're popping on YouTube and you're checking out that video. Um, but again, we're, we're, we're trying to make this as realistic as possible. Um, and it's, and they're two different worlds or two different, dare I say, universes. Um, and in this one, Hey, we're going to try and make this feel as, uh, as legitimate as possible. And we're going to give you things to hang your hat on to make it feel as, you know, legitimate as possible, even though there are guys running around in masks. And even though, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, crazy ass high flying moves that any real fight probably would not uh, translate very well. But uh, again, in this instant, in this feud uh, with Naito, uh, it's giving you something to hang your hat on to say, OK, this is going to be a fight. And I, and I like that element of pro wrestling. Speaking of fights and using Twitter and that. Uh, I don't know if you saw any of this stuff between Kenny Omega and Jim Cornette on Twitter, where uh, mm. someone was posting uh, animated gifs of the Kota Ibushi against uh, Yoshihiko, the blow-up doll from DDT. Yeah. And some little toe rag decided to tag Jim Cornette to try and start a fight. You know, the, the kind of kids who'd be like the little kid in school who goes around stirring shit up between people and then enjoying watching the fight. So someone tagged Jim Cornette and Jim Cornette had some choice words about that and saying, you know, killing the business, all that crap. And then uh, Kenny responded and said, Jim, I warned you about this. I said you could use my name to continue making your living as long as you refrain from polluting my timeline. Don't force my hand. Did you see any of this, Damon? Um, No, I didn't. And thank God I didn't. (laughs) Um, Here's the thing. You know, one, you know Jim Cornette is going to take the bait, right? You know he's... And even though that match was... Well, was that is this the Kodabushi, uh, you know, match with the, with the with the blow up doll? Ten yeah, years ago, a, yeah, with all the Canadian destroyers. Yeah, like ten years ago. I mean, if or at least it feels like it because it's been talked about so often. Um, look, it's one. I mean, all right. Can I give a full disclaimer here? I'm going to give you a full disclaimer. I love Jim Cornette. Um, he was growing up in pro wrestling. Jim Cornette was, I had Jim Cornette on my notebooks. You know, people would have like, you know, if you're going to like real pro wrestling in the 80s and 90s, you might have a Hogan or a Flair or whatever. I had Jim Cornette, right? I loved Jim Cornette. I thought he was amazing. Um, And I still do. I could still watch these things and just find him and the Midnight Express, just some, some of my favorite pro wrestling of all time. With that being said, one style of pro wrestling doesn't necessarily you know, it doesn't have to be one style of pro wrestling. I had a conversation over the weekend, and I'm like, you know, there was a person there that also likes the pro wrestling, but she likes it for more of a different thing than I like it. And then, and the one person was like, well, I, it doesn't watch wrestling at all. Like, well, do you watch the same thing she does? Like, we kind of do. Some of the stuff we know of each, the people that we like, but she likes more comedy stuff, and that's what she. That's where she gets the pleasure from pro wrestling. I, I like two guys beating the fucking shit out of each other. That I love that and the athleticism of that. I can appreciate the comedy and she can appreciate the beating the shit, but honestly, we watch it for different reasons. And here's the thing too. Like what other medium can you say that? Like 
Do people watch baseball games to, oh, I like the finesse of a second baseman. Well, I watch baseball more for the, uh, you know, I think they watch the game, right? Um, do you watch a movie for, you know, I, I don't think so. I think it's the, the overall, you know, movie itself that people get entertainment from. Um, but, you know, I say that, I say that, but you could probably watch a comedy and a serious drama, right? So, okay, maybe my point is shit. But my point <laughs> is this. Jim Cornette, um, I just – I don't understand his thinking because I really think if he sat down and watched a lot of the stuff, he would enjoy – like I really think he would enjoy the Chris Jericho stuff a lot with, with uh, that he's doing with um, Naito and Omega. Um, I think he would enjoy I, – I can't imagine him not enjoying Omega and, and Okada matches. I can't imagine him not enjoying Tanahashi matches or Shibata matches. Um I don't know. It's always a weird thing. It's kind of like when your best friend has a fight with your other mutual friend. You know, they don't get along. It's kind of like that. It's like, Jim, just fucking come on, get along. You know, I know you like what you like and you're always going to take the bait. But Christ almighty, this is good shit. You can you can get into this. And here's another thing, too. It works like like I don't think Mid-South wrestling is going to necessarily work in 2018. In 1983, it absolutely worked, and it absolutely was great, and you can still sit and watch it and have an appreciation for it. But to think that 1983 wrestling is going to be the same as 2018 wrestling, that's just ludicrous. It's just crazy. It's, and that's in every industry. A 2008, you know, 2018 uh, album, even though it takes – like that group Paramore, Paramore, right? If, they, if Paramore was in 1984 – they would be one of the biggest bands in in music, right? But you know, it's it, it, you can take styles and things from from different eras, and it will work. But to say that you know they're going to just be a, a a complete copy off of an '80s band, they it wouldn't work. They have to make it their own, and that's what this is today. Man, that was a fucking rant that went nowhere. But so what? <laughs> Come on, get on board. All right, very good. That's you, my quick you know what I love. Well, I love podcasting with you, Damon. You were ranting for so long there that I was actually able to eat most of my dinner. Good. Because just when I started the Skype call, my, my lovely wife came into the room and put a plate of food down next to me. And I was just looking at it thinking, fuck, I'm not going to be able to eat this for like another ah. two and a half hours, probably, you know, the, the rate that we podcast. But you were going off on one for so long, I've able to eat my delicious meal. So this is brilliant. Okay. What a team we are. I really see, and you. It, and here's the thing: in the back of your mind, you're like, "I know that motherfucking Damon's going to rattle off you know, just dumb words for at least a good five minutes. I can shovel some of this down my throat, right? You were, you knew in the back of your mind that that you were going to get a good plateful out of me. Yeah, this, and all this you had to, and, 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 yeah, all you had to do was mention Jim Cornette. <laughs> I made it up. It's not even a real story. <laughs> all right, listen. What do you got there? Anything good? Yes, it's Thai food, obviously. This is a dish called Kaumangai, which is like a boiled chicken on top of rice. But the magic of this dish comes from the sauce. So the sauce is kind of a mixture of like a dark soy sauce, uh, chili, mm. uh, soybeans, ginger, bit of vinegar. And once you mix it all up together, it's... I'm doing the oh. chef kissing the fingers thing. It's beautiful. That, yeah, you know it's good when you get that. Like, I won't get a pizza from anywhere unless it has that on the box. Uh, you know? Uh, you know? Because you don't get the seal. That's the seal of approval. You don't get. You don't. You just put that on a box. You got to earn that. You got to earn that kiss. Yeah, um, someone's regulating that. If you've put it on and it's not delicious, then I think they can take you to court. Yeah, I think so. I think it's. Uh, th- listen, you get five to ten here in the states for that nonsense. Um, were you were you a fan of the Thai food bef- uh, b- before 
um, meeting your wife before meeting uh, everyone over there uh, in China? I was. Um, you know, I haven't met many people who don't like Thai food. And I did like Thai food when I was living in the UK. But what I realised, because um, I met Mali while I was living in London, and then we ended up moving to Bangkok together. So we lived in Bangkok for two years. And living in Thailand, what I realised was that the Thai food that I enjoyed in the UK was like 1% of the full spectrum of Thai food. Mm. So everyone, if you love Thai food, you've you got to get out there because there's so much more to it. It's such a, a diverse cuisine. I never got bored of eating it. You can always have something different. And you know, recently I at work, I signed up for a conference in Bangkok with the sole reason that I just wanted to eat. So I, I went to these conferences, but I was sort of sneaking off. They, they were putting on free buffet lunches for us oh, in quite a, a fancy hotel. But I left. I didn't eat the free food because I wanted to go and eat the street food because I missed it so much. Mm, yeah, there's nothing better than a, than, a, than a city or a town or a country or whatever. And, you, and you're just exploring the food. Like I love that's, that's some of the best part of, of travel. Um, is is that and 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 eating things that you normally wouldn't like I don't understand the idea like like again Eric is a good friend of mine um, but he he has a very fussy palate like a real like a 12 year old palate and you know we went to Tokyo and the first night we went out we um, we went out with our friend Ludwig uh, who lives there French guy uh, awesome guy what, what a, just a fun guy from France right barely speaks any Japanese, but he lives in, in Tokyo. Um, and he, he's hooks us up all the time. He's just a great guy. So we went out with him, we took him out to dinner and he, um, you know, was ordering stuff. Um, he, he could get around a menu and he can get around uh, a, a restaurant and kind of get things going while we were just, you know, we're, we're like deer in headlights pointing at shit on a fucking menu. Um, and he's ordering stuff, and you know, some you know, listen, we're not eating chicken hearts here in the states. I think that's just not fucking happening, right? We're not eating uh, tongue. That's just not happening, right? And but on these skewers were these things, and he's pointing at now. This is this, this is, it. and Eric's like, "Fuck that! Nope, I'll have, uh, I'll eat the napkin. I'm good." Um, but me and Mackie were like, "Fuck it, we're here. What are you gonna do?" I mean, the raw horse meat. We did the raw horse meat. Uh, we would that would never e- even remotely be a possibility here in the states. Like, like if you found out you were eating horse meat, the the person giving it to you would be in jail. It's just not happening. Um, but we were like, all right, you know, let's fucking let's try it. You know, why not? And it was great. It was re- it was great. I don't know if I would eat it every day. Plus, I was pretty drunk when I ate it, so that kind of you know your inhibitions kind of go away. You know, if I were sober and and, drink, and eating it, I might be like, oh, I don't know, we can do this. But it was really good. Um, and if you don't explore that, um, and it, and it is kind of like a music analogy or even a wrestling analogy. How about this? Maybe you're a new Japan fan, right? But you're a little afraid to dip your toes in the uh, all Japan waters. Or maybe even the DDT waters or the Dragon Gate waters, right? Um, experiment, try it. You might find something that you really like and enjoy, and then the next thing you know, you're a fan. I'm not saying you're going to be eating raw horse meat every day of your life, but again, maybe maybe you know that one moment you, you're like, I ate it, and I can say that it was good. The thing I hate is when people say, oh, no, I can't eat. I, I don't like that. I don't like that. And I'm like, well, did you try it? Well, no. Well, what the fuck? How do you know? How do you know you don't like it? Thank you. I think a lot of our fans are going to be listening to this and salivating at the prospect of something that we're going to be discussing later. Have you been following Mr. Flip Gordon and his adventures on Twitter? 
not on Twitter, but you did send me the te- – yeah, you sent me it, right, um, of him complaining about eating in Japan, and there's no bait or no chicken, right? I mean, I get it. He's a wrestler. He needs a lot of protein, blah, blah, blah. I mean, not for nothing. Hang out with Michael Elgin. He, he seems to not be having any fucking problem, you know, finding food. Um, it's – yeah, the, the, I mean, I remember hearing – and I'm not even going to share that short story because it's a Sabu story, and I don't want to fucking do it right now. <laughs> the, the Joel in London right now is like laughing his ass off because he knows a lot of the Sabu stories. Um, Patreon. Anyway, page, yeah, that might yeah yeah the, the full Sabu stories. Um, yeah, that's 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 going to be the uh, that's going to be the paid tier. That's that's for fucking sure because boy, do I have some fucking stories. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, can't you just go to I don't I, what are they called yakitori's? Is that what it's called? Um, yeah. Where, where they're just grilling fucking meat in front of you. Uh, you can't eat that. And here's the thing too. Even in a, in a listen, I think I I can't I can't imagine it. It's it's not for me. But there's 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 a million Kentucky Fried Chickens everywhere in that goddamn country, right? Every where you turn, there's a Kentucky Fried Chicken. It seems like so. I mean, and. You go into a Lawson's or whatever, and the fried chicken there is fantastic. It's unbelievable. I, I I don't know. I find it really hard to believe that you can't find anything to eat in Tokyo. Okay, what he said exactly was, uh, the hardest part about being in Japan is finding food I like. Today, I couldn't, so I'm living off of a protein bar and apple juice. Hashtag starving. Hashtag no chicken here. And he later clarified that he meant grilled boneless chicken. Which again okay. is like well, it's a staple food in Japan, like yakitori, you know, teriyaki chicken. And I guess he doesn't like the the sauce or the seasoning they put on it. Like he just wants plain chicken. And part of me wants to absolutely bury this guy for not being able to find any food that he enjoys in Japan, where like literally everything is delicious. There's very few things in Japan that I wouldn't eat. Um, part of me thinks, oh, am I being a bit of a food snob? And there's also someone suggested that maybe he's. Um, this is a, a work that he's trying to wind people up on Twitter by uh, portraying this fussy eating, uh, f- flat earth believing character. But I don't think he's smart enough to be doing something like that. <laughs> I mean, how do you get? How are you in the military and that fussy? Like in the military, you're eating what you you know. It's like you don't have a choice. Like you eat that, and if you don't, you you're not eating. Um, like you're not going up to the guy making the food, being like, "Oh, can I have this a little medium rare?" That ain't happen. Um, so yeah, a part of me wants to believe that this is just him working everybody. Um, I hope because again, I just find that like if it's true, I feel I, here's the thing: if it's true, I feel sorry for him because I can't imagine going through life being that like missing out on so many great things like that. Now, keep in mind that I am a glutton for that, so if it's good, I'm going to constantly eat it. Thus, my my husky weight size, <laughs> but but. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, you're, you're in a city that is a, a, by far, you know, in, well, let's put it this way. I, I would say Tokyo for food, you gotta be top three cities in the world, right? Top three cities in the world. And, yeah. and you he can was get, in and, Osaka at the time, but even Osaka, like the food there is amazing from what I've heard. And yeah, I will find that out like, in two weeks. Yeah. Uh, I would, I, I'm so jealous of you for going there. I've never been there. I, I've like drove through it but aren't they like notorious for their um the crab yeah i've also heard okonomiyaki you know the big sort of pancake thing that's yeah. supposed to be famous there Ah, oh, how can you not i mean 
hey, look, whatever, whatever, whatever. Enjoy your protein bar. Do whatever. I can't believe we're spending 20 minutes on this. Um, enjoy your protein bar. Whatever gets you through the fucking day. But to me, you're missing out. And this is this is this is his first time with New Japan, right? I mean, I obviously he went like this year is his first year. You know, um, not the tournament. He was here earlier. I get that. Um, I, wouldn't you think that you would just want to just immerse yourself in everything that that they that they have and do and and this? I, I don't know. I I. Hmm. I don't get that train of thought, but eh, whatever. Uh, different strokes, different folks, Joel. That's what they say, right? Yeah, you're right. I, I feel sorry for him as well, because so many of my memories and experiences are linked to things that I ate and flavors and smells connected with food. And you, know, you were talking about the you know, the yakitori and the, the tongue and the heart and stuff like that. And that was actually what me and my friends were eating before we went to Wrestle Kingdom 12. So for me, my memory of Wrestle Kingdom 12 is always going to be linked to sitting in one of those little smoky yakitori bars and the taste of all those things and drinking highballs and to have a such a disconnect between those two things. It's just, it's very sad. It is. It, it, I feel the same way. And, and, and you would think that like a lot of the guys that have been over, um, you know, could could point them in the right direction. I mean, listen, we we found this ramen shop that that's kind of right near um, um, the whole complex, Cork and Dome and all that. But it's it's set a little bit away, a little bit away, not that far, but a little bit. But Joe Doring pointed it out to us. Like that place is great. And the 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 time we went, the most recent time, we spent so much time at this this ramen shop because it was it was fucking delicious. Um, now. There were two guys, and I forget their names, but they were really good dudes, and maybe they're listening. Um, but they were uh, both of them were vegan, um, and probably still are. And I know that they were having a little bit of a struggle because a lot of the the, the broth based stuff, you know, it's it's animal, um, and a lot of the food, you know, is animal based and protein based. So I, so if you're a vegan, it might be a little bit difficult. So they were having some struggles, um, but. There's there's plenty of vegan options. You might have to travel a little bit, right? You might have to take a take a train somewhere to go to a really great restaurant. But it's there. It's Tokyo. You can get anything. You can get anything. I mean, you can you you know as well as I do, Joel. You can get anything. And I ain't even just talking about food. Um, if you like something, it's it's something's there. I mean, listen, they have shops dedicated to pro wrestling for Christ's sake. Um, you 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 can find food options. Trust me. So you just. I don't think you're doing your due diligence. You're not doing your homework. And again, I do feel sorry for you. All right. So that's uh, that's food talk with uh, Joel and Damon uh, on the Food Network, brought to you by Craft. Uh, All right. Thank you. Just giving the people what they want. This is what they said they liked, and that's this what they're getting. All right. Good. Uh, I like this. So you've been, you've been watching uh, a bit of different wrestling, not just New Japan stuff. Uh, what have you been watching this week? I watched the uh, All Japan show from. I think uh, it's it, it was based off of the Champions Carnival uh, winner, Marafuji. And you, we all know him. Uh, he was in G1, Noah Mainstay, uh, going against Okada's Kitamihara. first title defense for his uh, record-breaking run as well, back at King of Pro Wrestling that 2016. Is, yeah. yeah, look at that. See, so we know him. We know his deadly chops. He does have the fucking greatest chops on earth. Uh the kicks too. Well, that that closing sequence was that chops, kicks, and knees, and you know, like V trigger knees. Um, I'm not going to give away spoilers if you haven't watched it. Um, I'm going to let you watch, but I will say that it will go down as one of the best matches of the year. How's that sound? Um, and you usually get that on big time all Japan 
main events, right? Um, that's one of those promotions that, it, you know, it's kind of, you know, all the cool kids are saying, hey, well, catch, catch the All Japan, watch the All Japan. Because um, if you like, if you like the, I don't want to say the serious pro wrestling, because there is a little goofiness, but it's usually on the undercard. I think I think all Japan's a fun promotion to watch. I really do. Um, they're they're well worth the nine ninety nine to me, uh, especially for the bigger shows. If you catch them, they're uh, again those main events are great. Kenta Miyahara is, you know, remember the question last week where they were like, uh, who would you want to see in? And I said uh, Sakimoto, um, and he and he still is. But Kenta Miyahara, if he, well, here's the problem: if he left all Japan, all Japan would just be in such shambles. I could, so for that reason alone, I would not want him to leave. But man, if you're not if you're not watching Kenta Miyahara and you're not watching All Japan, just for those, just watch the main events. Start there, and trust me, there's undercard stuff that's really good too. I think Joe Doring is great. I think Suwam is great. Um, there's there's plenty there. Don't don't, don't get me wrong. Um, but if you just start watching his matches, Miyahara. I, I, you're not going to be disappointed. You, I prom, I, I promise you. I, I, I promise you. If one person tweets you, Joel, that says, "Oh, these matches suck," I'll stop the podcast tomorrow. Well, I'll be done. You'll never hear from me again, right? I, but I promise you that won't happen. I don't remember just... agreeing to that. <laughs> well, uh, I'm putting it out there. No, I mean, you, you, you can't go wrong. Trust me on that one. That's great. I did watch. Um, I watched the. Uh, is the. Uh, the first, I don't know, where, I forget where it was from. I watched uh, actually two, bits and pieces of two, most of one, of the Ring of Honor stuff with uh, Tanahashi over there and Evil, um, you know, the usual Ring of Honor crew of Dalton Castle and Hangman Page and Cody. <sighs> I got to tell you something. I think Ring of Honor has really ruined, not, let me take that back has really dropped the ball, should I say, with how they use the New Japan guys, how often they use the New Japan guys. It does not feel special at all. Maybe to the audience there, right? Because maybe, you know, it's it's not like they see them all the time in certain cities. But, you know, you're putting Tanahashi in a six-man tag with, like, Lethal and Dalton Castle, and it's just like, man, there's... I don't know. It just seems for, for the for the airfare that you're paying the guy, you know who knows. But you know, I'm sure they're getting decent gates. It, it feels to me like it's a short term gain, and the long term is really going to be a struggle for Ring of Honor. It, it just and, and especially when you know you start talking about Omega and the Bucks and Cody uh, making it work for themselves, right? And and having it shown that it can work for themselves. And at that point, do you need a Ring of Honor at that point? So I think Ring of when I talked a few weeks ago about how Ring of Honor might be shaken in their boots with uh, with All In being such a success, if they go round two All In, you know Ring of Honor is going to be like, oh, fuck, how are we going to keep on to these guys? Um, I think that's I think that's the biggest challenge Ring of Honor has because now we're back to square one, and that's a promotion that's used to it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, from you know. Brian Danielson to Punk to Samoa Joe to Kevin Steen to uh, Adam Cole and you know the list goes on and on. Uh, uh, El Generico, you, you name it. They're used to it, right? They're used to their big guys leaving, not big guys like this, 
and 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 aside from a Dalton Castle, who else do they have that could that could step in quickly? They they really don't have that. They really don't. And and they've done a poor job of building people up to get there. I I feel like. Well, speaking of Dalton Castle, I don't know if you've seen the news about this All In match. I don't know if it's the main event, but. Uh, Cody said he was going to be challenging for the NWA world title and the hold of which is Nick Aldis, the British wrestler, who responded and said that he would only accept the challenge if Cody won the Ring of Honor heavyweight title and it would be title versus title. So to me, that's doing two things. One is telegraphing that Cody's going to win the title. And two, I mean, what a burial of Dalton Castle, who is one of the ROH originals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what's the running joke? That Ring of Honor is a Bullet Club vanity project, right? Um, it's yeah. I, I think it's weird. I don't think it's weird, but I just think um, I, I, it must really mean a lot to Cody to to have that that championship. Obviously, it's not what it you know. It's not the Harley Race NWA Championship, mind you. Um, but it it really must mean something to him to to hold that um, and. And I, that's cool. That's cool. Um, I think it's cool that, in some strange way—not strange way, but it, well, maybe strange way—that you know, on this all-in show, more people are going to see this NWA championship that they've seen in years, right? So there is some some uh, you know spotlight that's now on the NWA, which I think is which is nice, right? Um, if it helps them grow and helps them get more fans. I'm all in on that. Huh? The pun. Um, but I, again, I just think it's weird for this show. I think it's kind of weird for this show. Um, eh, we'll see what happens, but I, I, I don't know if the NWA title is, is, is as important to the fans that are going to the fans that are going to all in. I'll tell you right now, they, they're not sitting there like, you know, with a best of Harley race DVD in their fucking TV. Right. They're not sitting there watching, you know, 1983 Starcade. Right? Uh, so I don't know if it's going to resonate with that crowd, that NWA title. I think they know what it was and what it was talked about, but they have no significance of how important it really was um, in the whole scope of pro wrestling. And I just, I don't know. I don't know what, I I, I, th- I think the connection is, is, oh, that's the that's the title his dad once had, and it's cool that he won it. That's really what it's going to be, and I don't think it's going to have the pro wrestling connection that it might have if if it were a different crowd. Does that make sense? Yeah, and as much as I like the guy, I don't think there's many of those people who bought tickets for All In who are also watching DVDs of uh, the greatest hits of Magnus from Impact or TNA or whatever, right. whatever you're calling it. Right. Or that they own Siamese Dream by Billy Corgan's Smashing Pumpkins. Which is a great album, by the way. <laughs> yeah, um, I just wonder if there's some people who might be looking at this potential main event and then people who bought tickets for Orland and didn't buy tickets to the Cow Palace show for the New Japan and thinking, hmm, have I made the right call here? I mean, it's way too early to say because we don't have cards announced for both of them, but the thought did occur to me. Yeah, I actually looked. I, I looked to see what, you know, there, there was a part of me that I was like, oh, should I go to this fucking thing? Like this, this moment of madness. I guess I had, um, but but again, the problem I have is 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 no matter what happens, I'm spending a thousand dollars, 
right, to go to the Cow Palace, and I don't know one. The only thing I know is Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez are going to be there, and that might be fun. Right? That's the only thing I know. Right? Um, I don't know. I don't know anything. And again, I understand we can't announce a card, Dominion, all that. Blah, 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 blah. But you know, a thousand dollars. I can't. It's not like I'm just going to twenty three hundred arena, right? And buying the ticket. And I have to get a hotel. I have to get a flight. Nobody's paying me to do do this. Um, speaking of which, you know, the old progress is coming to Philadelphia. I'm super excited for that. I am pumped for that. Um, they announced. Anyone they announced, in particular looking forward to seeing? Flash, Morgan, Webster. I told him. I was like, "You, you come to Philly, dude. Beer's on me. I'll find a way to get a hold of you." But you know, yeah. Uh, I, I, I am so excited. Um, they always deliver a good. Pro- now again, you don't know who's going to be making the trip, but you can. You know, there's a lot of uh, of a. Uh, uh, of talents that they're making, they're, they're trying. They're, they're going to try to make this a big deal. And there's the, the evolve involvement, right? So evolve is in the afternoon, and progress is at night um, in August. So New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, Detroit, Seattle. I, can I just say, I get get a ticket if you are in any of those cities or in there in the surrounding area. I think tickets go on sale tomorrow, Monday. Um, I'm, I'm going. I will be at the Philly one. And it will be a great day of pro wrestling. Um, please buy a ticket. I, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I love I love the progress. I, I like the evolve when they have their big shows. I think it's a great night. So I thought I'd just mention that as well. Um, but Dominion and Cal Palace. Look, I, I'm not buying a ticket and, and and hotel and all that. I, I need. I give me give me some give me one fucking match that I can sink my teeth into, and then maybe I'll make that commitment. But until now, I'm not going. Yeah, uh, last tidbit I've got before we uh, move on to the best of Super Juniors is this uh, Moro Ronaldo documentary, with, which we both watched. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? I thought it was tremendous. Um, we talked a lot about this before we even was you know, some of the best stuff that uh, even historically that I've done on a podcast is before we hit record. Right? Um, we talked a lot about it, and I think it hits home f- to 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 certain degrees for both of us and. You know what he goes through. Um, I can't say that I'm 100 percent like that, but it does connect. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I joke about it a lot on this show when I talk about oh, I'm either at a ten or a minus two. Um, there's no sevens with Damon, or there's there's a, there's no sixes. Um, so watching that and seeing him struggle with what he absolutely struggles with, uh, and and being in, in a hospital and checking himself in multiple times because of this um, disease that he has, and and let's be honest, it's it is a fucking disease. Um, it was heartbreaking. It, it was eye opening. It was relatable. It was uh, a, a, a also amazing to to see the what the output of his creativity can do and what his output of his uh, preparedness can do, um, and his passion can do. Um, and you know, he's he mentioned many times where you know he lied in his bed at night, looking at the light fixture that was above him, wondering if it would hold his own weight. And that is, uh, you know, pretty chilling statement 
coming from a guy that, you know, when you turn on NXT or in the past when you turned on New Japan Pro Wrestling on Access TV or if you were a fan of Pride, you know, comes as a little bit of a, a jarring moment. He struggles with it, and he struggles mightily with it. But he's a, a very – I'm proud of him for what he was able to accomplish with this documentary. Um, if you struggle from these things, um, I think it's going to be motivational and, and helpful to you in the sense of here's this guy that really goes through it, and but he's able to connect dots in some way to, to, to live his dream. For people who don't suffer, I think it's it's an eye-opening thing. And I think the people that don't suffer, that do have people in their lives that do suffer, um, I feel for maybe the most in the sense of I think they get overlooked a lot in situations like this because in many cases they're the ones that are there to pick up the pieces. Um, so – I think it's something that can be helpful to those people as well. I would recommend it. I think it's well done. I think it's well shot. I think the story that is told is 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 a, to- a story that should be told, and it was told well. The only thing that I the th- thing that kind of I noticed that I was just like mm, I wish I wish at least a sentence, and at least I, I wish the the words would have come out of someone's mouth. About his work with uh, that he did with New Japan Pro Wrestling for Access TV, and you know, if longtime listeners of of this show and and the Purecast, you know, you know how we championed his cause to be the English voice of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and and I'm thrilled that Kevin Kelly is now that voice. But truth be told, if I'm being honest, at the beginning we were on that that bandwagon for Ronaldo. Um, and everybody can go back and listen. And the reviews that I wrote for Voices of Wrestling about those Access TV shows, they're all online. They're all there. Um, and me talking about how he incorporates real sports into this product that he does for New Japan Pro Wrestling to make it even feel more legitimate and more like an event. And I wrote that you know the Okada-Tanahashi hour that they had on Access TV was the best pro wrestling hour I had ever watched and then the week later when Meltzer kind of echoed those sentiments that was that meant a lot because I felt the same way um watch the documentary again I wish they would have mentioned something about New Japan because I feel like that's that was the bridge that crossed him into getting a job with WWE I know WWE's involvement in this documentary to a certain degree might have put the 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 kibosh on that um and I get that that's listen when you win the war you get to write, rewrite history however you want to write it. That's fine. I understand. But I uh, I really would have liked to have seen just a tip of the cap in some fashion to the job that he did on New Japan and Access TV to helping him bridge the gap to where he is right now. That was my only complaint. Yeah, I just want to echo everything that you've said, really. I think it's compulsory viewing, really. I think everyone should watch this. And it was something that personally resonated with me because my mother suffers from bipolar disorder. So I was able to connect with a few of the things that were going on in Moro's life and um, people close to me suffering from depression as well. And I think there's a lot more people than you would think suffering from mental health problems. And um, something we were talking about earlier, that it's not as visible as a, a physical injury, but it can often be just as serious. So um, it's it's a real eye-opener if you're not aware of those sorts of things. And um, if you are suffering from mental health problems and you, you've 
think you might have depression or whatever, talk to somebody because I think you'll find people could be a lot more caring and, and understanding than you think and you give people a chance to to help you because I find often people that do suffer from these things are very good at hiding it they've got very good coping mechanisms and um, if you do share problems with people that close to you you might find they had no idea but they're more than willing to uh, listen to you and help you out as much as they can I would agree with that and and I think uh, that when you say that you know people are very good at building coping mechanisms and people are very good at um and making it work for themselves, right? And that might not always be the best way to go, but um, they, that's that's what it is. And it reminds me of like um, I always re- like and again music. I always kind of connect with on a personal level. And it's like uh, there's an REM song, uh, "World Leader Pretend," and the lyric is you know uh, you know um, I built the walls and I will be the one to knock them down. And it, every time I hear that lyric, it's like okay, I, it, I'm I got you, Mike. <laughs> so. Um, it's look. I agree. You, you, I say this as a person who probably doesn't practice what they preach. So I, I I'm going to give you a full disclaimer on that. But yeah, I mean, if if it it is always best because you never know what's around the corner. You never know what what people might surprise you with and how they can help and how people can might be able to relate to what you're going through and what um. What challenges you have just waking up in the morning, right? And what challenges you have just getting in the shower and what challenges you have just leaving the house. Um, you'd be surprised at how many people. And again, uh, going back to the documentary, it's you you watch and you learn. And again, if you suffer, you can relate, but you can kind of see a, a, a light at the end of the tunnel. If you uh, don't suffer, you can kind of learn and see what it is that, that people are, are experiences. You know, their experiences and how you can help. And if you suffer with someone who does have it, again, it's it's a it's one of those things where you know you can find maybe a nugget or two to kind of help you bridge the gap. Because to me, those are the people that are the best people in the world. The people that don't have that are are there to help and are willing to help and are willing to. They may not be going through it. They may not know everything, and they may not know how to solve everything, and they may not know how to fix everything, but they are there for you. And those people are the most important people um, and the people that you need to depend upon and how valuable you are. And that's a lot of pressure for people, and maybe they can watch this and kind of see it from a different perspective as well. All right. Wow. What a what a, what a turn we took here. Uh, at, like, like I, I hope everybody's okay. Let's – let's can we do – can we – can we – um. I don't know, put on like Sunshine Day or something like that from the Brady Bunch or something. I don't know. <laughs> Fucking let's get a better mood. Here we go. Better mood. Okay, let's get stuck into the meaty portion of the pie, the best of the Super Juniors. So there's been a lot of matches since we last spoke. Uh, most of these have been on the single hard camera shows. Uh, what do you think about these single camera shows? Do you I love feel them. it loses some of the magic? Nope. Nope. I love them. I, I, I kind of feel like I'm there. In, in a strange way, um, I feel like I'm uh, I'm a part of the crowd, it, it, you know. Um, the cat, uh, and and I'd like the, here's here's my biggest pet peeve in pro wrestling today. Um, speaking of Jim Cornette, it, my biggest pet peeve is when the camera crew decide to turn this into a fucking art project. And again, my one complaint is um, when it comes to the the progress is sometimes they get a little too artsy fartsy with the camera work, right? 
and they zoom in on they try to get facial expressions and I'm I'm I don't even know what hold they're in, you know? Um because they're trying to get the dramatic shot and the camera zooms and the and you just just keep the camera steady. I just want to see the match. I don't need you to tell the story with your camera work. That's what the professional wrestlers are doing inside the ring. They're telling the story. Let them do that, right? Um, and that hard cam, I love. Sometimes it's just such a, a a relaxing way to watch a pro wrestling match. You're just watching the match, and it's uh, uh, no commentary. Sometimes I really enjoy them. I really, really, really do more than the overproduced, over-budgeted, you know, glitz and glamour that a pro wrestling show can be. Sometimes I just like to strip down bare bones. I'm in a gym on a bleacher watching a show. I like that. And I've noticed they've added a floor cam as well. So when things go ringside, they've got an additional camera they can cut to, which I think is a nice touch. That's fine. The, the, I, th- I guess the, the biggest challenge that I have is that when you when you use a ringside camera as your main camera, does that make sense? I think that the, the, the main camera should be a hard camera. Right, so you can see the ring, you can see what's going on, and then use the the the, the ringside cameras as 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 spice, as 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 uh, frosting on the cake. Um, when you use those cameras at ringside, sometimes it's just it's too much. It's too you can't absorb what is actually going on in the ring. Um, and again, this is I'm not even talking about fucking WWE and and the and the madmen that that are in that production booth. Uh, I'm just talking in general. Um, Pro Wrestling Gorilla is a, a good example of that. Pro Wrestling Gorilla, their main shot is the, is the far shot. And then they spice in the, the ringside cameras when there's dives and the moves are appropriate. Um, now, I'm saying this knowing full well that New Japan does the best job of any company that I know of of knowing when big spots are, are happening and being and having the camera crew in uh, position to catch that thing. It's, it's, it, it sticks out like a sore thumb, and it's rare when you have a complaint online or anywhere where they say, oh, they fucked up that camera shot, and they missed that move. That that rarely happens in, in, in New Japan. And that's, you know, uh, you know, that's for big shows and small shows. So, no, I, I like, the, I like the, 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 the flavor of a, of a single cam show. Um, but again, knowing full well that, to me, New Japan does the best job on big shows as well. So um, I just like the variety. I do. Okay, so we've got an interesting note here. I've got a tweet from uh, the brilliantly named Cannibalize or Capitalists at Liam underscore D underscore McCann, who tells me that the average match time for the best of Super Juniors is two to three minutes longer than it was last year. Uh, there have only been two sub 10 minute matches compared to 11 this time last year. And there's a bigger emphasis on B block. B block are getting longer matches this year. Uh, that was a really interesting Reddit post by a user called The Last Rewind. So I'd recommend everyone go and check that out for a full breakdown of the timings there. Is that something you've noticed, Damon, that these matches are going longer? I have, actually. It's funny that you say that. Um, yeah, I, f- I feel like they actually have been uh, given more time. I, I kind of harken back to. Uh, a match that I'm sure we'll talk about in a moment. Um, uh, Hiromo and 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 El Desperado. Um, I felt like there, you know, there was a point where I, it it was even you know a conscious thought of man, they're giving these guys a lot of fucking time, and and I say that in a good way, um, which was outstanding. Um, yeah, and I think didn't somebody compare like even like New Japan Cup matches too? Um, yes, and they went a lot longer as well. Okay. I mean that's fine. I mean, I, I 
the, the only thing with the, with the New Japan Cup ones, you know, keep in mind who's in that tournament and who, who has done well in past tournaments was Fale, right? So Fale's going to be the monkey wrench thrown in there, right? Because you don't want Fale going 35 minutes, do you? <laughs> Nobody wants that. Uh, and he doesn't want that. Um, so he's going to off that average, I'm sure. Um, and he, he does usually very well in, in New Japan Cups in recent years. So. But they have guys that can, that, that can go. Um, in in the best of the super juniors, right? These guys are are athletic and and you know they have the stamina and, and the wherewithal to be able to do these longer matches. Yes, I am glad that. See, I don't. I, the, the more I thought about that, though, I'm sure that Ghetto gives them a block of time, right? And I, but I don't really don't think that they're that hardcore of you know oh you know I'm giving you two extra minutes. I think the guys in the ring really, as, as long as they have the flexibility to go as long as they feel like they need to go, um, I'm sure there's a ref that might kind of clue them in and tell them, all right, let's start you know, taking it home. But for the most part, it feels like they have – it's not that Ghetto is, is saying, you know, you have 24 minutes, stick with 24 minutes. You have a window and go for it. Um, make it work. Here's the finish, or you know, here's what here's where we need to go. We'll figure it out. And the guys in the ring are are taking advantage of that. So again, I don't necessarily think that there is a hard stamp on a time that they have to go on. I think it's more of okay, you have a window and the creativity to make it work, and the guys are taking advantage of it. Okay, got a general question here then before we get into the nitty gritty. Uh, Upholder of thoughts at Upholder of on Twitter says junior heavyweights seem to be really getting over this year. There's two questions are, should the weight division be abolished and will it be abolished? I think I know what your answer to that will be. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I've, I've said it a, a few times. Um, if, you, if, if you're a, a listener of the show, um, I, again, I'm a fan of the junior heavyweights. I think they have always been traditionally my favorite kind of genre of pro wrestling. Um, I think the, you know, athletic and... and Here's here's where what I really feel this tournament is over and above past tournaments. This tournament has to me has felt like there is such a mix mash of styles. This is not all flippy do, right? And I think that 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 that's a perception that maybe people have that this is all flippy do pro wrestling, and it's really not. We've seen so many different matches and so many different match styles um, that. To me, um, is it, it keeps it fresh and it keeps it energetic, right? I don't know if I would really want. I think the expectation would be there, but I don't necessarily think that for me, my palate, I would want different flavors. And the fact that that they're allowing the juniors to work in that manner is refreshing. That's where where I think people are getting the idea of of this being some of the best pro wrestling because. Everybody's getting a taste of 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 what they like, and they're allowing them to work. What it, it, to me feels like a heavyweight style, right? There, it, it's it, it this this tournament, this junior tournament, has felt more like a heavyweight tournament, and I mean that in a very very good way. Like even a more athletic heavyweight tournament, right? This feels like a G one to me. It really does. Um, now saying that. To me, if you if you even watch Pro Wrestling Gorilla, this best of the Super Juniors feels like a, a best of Ebola, right? Like to me, this 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 is you could put this in Reseda, California, and easily call this Bola, 
right? Um, now, that that to me is is a is a mindset change in that they're working a style and they're giving a feeling. And and again, the people in the matches are giving the, the creative free creative creativity, creative creativity. I just said the creative creativity uh, to work matches in this style. That's what I'm feeling this year over above many of other super juniors. Um, and even, even Jacobs, um, this feels like a heavyweight tournament. This feels like an American heavyweight tournament where it is a, a, a conglomerate of different sizes and styles in, in a tournament. That's really what it feels like to me. Yeah, totally agree there. Um, I was just letting the cat outside. Sorry, sorry. What's what's what? Scampy is it? Yeah. Ah, oh, good old Scamp. I have two cats right. myself, Joel. You never asked about them. Oh, tell me about your cats, please. No, I'll just. Uh, one is named Monster, who throws up all the time, uh, and the other one is uh, Peanut. Peanut. Peanut and Monster. There you go. All right, back to the, the what do you, so what do you think of that? I mean that that's really what I I'm getting. I'm getting more of a style um and a feeling of of I don't seriousness is not the word I'm looking for. It feels like it, but it feels like a, if again, it feels like bola. It, that's really the best way I can describe it. The feeling I get watching these shows, I I feel bola. Yeah, so I was thinking of last year's Battle of Los Angeles where I think it was the same show. I could watch uh, two quote unquote uh, cruiserweights or light heavyweights juniors, whatever you call them. For example, uh, Zack Saber Junior against uh, Phoenix, and they have a mostly map based grappling match with a lot of submissions worked in. And then after that, I can see a match between two heavyweights, you know, like a, a Keith Lee and a Donovan Dijak, and they're doing shooting star presses and they're doing all the flippy shit. So, I think uh, the sort of biases that we have the uh, the prejudice and, and the preconceived ideas we have about what a heavyweight match looks like and what a junior heavyweight match looks like are not as fixed as they once were i think they're both very fluid now so when i go and watch uh, a junior match i'm not necessarily expecting lots of flips and if i go and watch a heavyweight match i'm not not expecting those things if that makes sense no it absolutely does and it's it's almost to the tune of the heavyweights kind of you know, lifted shit from the juniors. I mean, when you get like War Machine doing more dives in a match than you know El Desperado, you know something something scratching your head, right? Um, and th- th- but I think that's exactly what it is. And I think and and when I talk about like the removal of the junior tag, I think really that's what I'm saying is that in this day and age, um, the perception of what a junior can do and a perception of what a heavyweight can do is very blurred. Um, and and allowing them to work in a cer- certain manner. Again, I, I go back to that uh, El Desperado uh, Hiromo Takahashi match. Um, that that's a match that two years ago, three years ago, you really wouldn't see um, from from juniors anyway, right? An actual physical, athletic fight, uh, a, a heated fight. Um, with athletic and and dangerous spots thrown in, in the same breath, you still get Will Osprey doing shit that it defies logic. 
right? And you still have Kushida, you know, wrestling, you know, a more athletic, groundy, submission-y-based, you know, style. Um, and then you have everybody else kind of filling in the blanks and working the styles. Um, no, that's really. I think this was a a a milestone year when it came to the best of the super juniors because it really feels like again the line is blurred between what the the expectations are of a junior match as opposed to a non-junior match so and i and i love it and i think it's refreshing and i think it's the way it should be okay well that leads in neatly to the next question then from derek von eric at derek ashman who asks is this the best best of the super juniors uh, on pace is this year's best of the super juniors on pace to be the best ever see when there's a sentence with that many occurrences of the word best it can get a bit confusing so is this <laughs> there's a lot of be best, the best ever and uh, if not what would you say have been the best best to the super juniors so far it's on it's on pace you know when i get people who not are not necessarily you know and i want to say they're not fans of the juniors but they, you know, they appreciate the juniors. But they're, they're, even their eyes are opened to the what's going on right now. It's up there, right? And we still got at least another week to go. We haven't even seen the best of the best yet. I feel like, but we've seen some great stuff. Uh, we've seen an evolution of of Show and Yo that I think, you know, we knew they were great. We knew they were, you know, top of the line. But I don't think anybody was expecting some of the performances that we've seen so far. They were really great matches. Um, we've seen, you know, Takahashi, of course, Dragon Lee uh, and, and Osprey just just being remarkable. ACH, you know, we talked a lot about him last week, and and what could be? Why is this guy not in conversations when it when it comes to uh, a big time promotion or at least a big time contract and 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 at a commitment? And I know that. You know, a lot of the stuff about the the Ring of Honor stuff and him missing flights, you know, as we were talking about, it kind of jarred my mind. And that really was the case. And um, But that was 2014. That was, you know, five years ago. I mean, you know, I'm sure the guy's a different guy. And, and, and whatever was going on in his life back then, you know, I'm sure that he's learned from that and can change from that. And if he hasn't, then shame on him. But I would hope and, and tend to believe that that might be the case. Um Look again. He found a way to get on a fucking plane to Japan. You know, I, 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 I think he's so talented, and I think he's he's, and I think people are are opening their eyes more and more each time they see him in in spotlight matches. Um, he's he he should be signed. He should be locked down. I think he's I think he's got so much charisma and talent, and and there's so much upside to an ACH, um, and and he's a good hand. You know, in the ring, you know, even with the younger guys, he's a talented guy that has experience. And, you know, know, shoulder aside from his, you know, lack of knowing how to properly put on that fucking tape because it falls off every every two minutes into the match, it's falling off. Um, That aside, I really think he's 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 got a lot to give Um, and he's not that banged up and injuries. And, you know, you don't really hear a lot of of, of the ACH being uh, a banged up commodity. I, I, you know, he should be signed. To me, he's he's so talented. Yeah, I totally agree. So, uh, since we last spoke, well, as we're recording now, uh, 
we are talking on the Sunday and the Sunday matches have just happened, but they haven't been broadcast yet. So I won't be discussing those until we've actually seen them. So we'll go wrestler by wrestler and just talk a bit about what we've seen over the last week, what stood out to us and uh, where we expect them to be going for the rest of the tournament. So seeing as you have launched into this ACH love fest, when the question was actually, was it the best Super Juniors ever? And which one was your favourite best of Super Juniors? I didn't answer, did I? You (laughs) You didn't, no. (laughs) I didn't answer it today all right let me answer it right now i'll just in, in, in a sentence because i do i am good at that in a sentence is this the best one ever it could be it's on its way to be okay um and if it's not which one is best i mean listen there's there's the liger ones and and again i go back to the one eddie guerrero one um that always kind of sticks in my mind as being the kind of like the benchmark of these um but even in recent years they, they've been very good don't get me wrong you know kushida's wins and osprey's wins and all those um but your answer that you're looking for is it could very well be. How's that? Great. Perfect. So, uh, well, let's talk about ACH then. So we're not repeating ourselves later. He has currently got four points. Uh, since we last spoke, he has lost to Osprey and Kanemaru. And he beat Yo with a soul buster. And, yeah, I'll just echo what you said. I mean, Albert C. Hardy Jr., to give him his full name, he is doing a very, very good job. Uh, I think he's been excellent selling his left shoulder. Just little things that the Voices of Wrestling guys were talking about, like, you know, shaking it out, nursing it after each move. He's sometimes even working with one arm, like doing one-armed deadlift German suplexes. His facial expressions, he's really selling the emotions in these matches very, very well, which is something I don't think he was doing last year. He seems to be showing a lot more fire than last year. Like Some of the moves he does are just incredible, like the flip kick he does off the ropes. And even the little things, like he was in a a tag match on one of the undercard shows against Suzuki Gun. It was uh, him and Umino against uh, Suzuki and Kanemaru. And there was a bit where Suzuki was stretching Shota and Kanemaru was holding ACH by the legs and stopping him from getting back in the ring. And just the look of despair on ACH's face that he couldn't save his young lion friend at the end was just, yeah, it really worked for me. I think he's doing a, a fantastic job at the moment. Um, we've got a question here from Will at WLevec217 asking, what is holding NJPW back from signing ACH to a full-time deal? And I mean, I guess you sort of touched on that already that uh, we don't know, to be honest, maybe if it's the, the flight issues with Ring of Honor, if there's something else. Um, another question by at Japan Retro Game saying, should ACH still be a junior when he's as big uh, or bigger in some cases than the heavyweights? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, running joke for me was always, you know, Trent or, or Beretta right, when he was a junior. He's the biggest fucking junior I've ever seen in my life. Um, he's he's uh, should he be again I, I, the idea of of the juniors and no he probably shouldn't but he probably will. How's that for an answer? Um, and ACH you know not for nothing. Flip Gordon right now has six points, right? Six um, ahead of everyone else. And you know, the one guy that he lost to was ACH. I think it's pretty. That think that might be pretty significant. So um, um, it's well, flip and mask and Tiger Mask are. Uh, how about Tiger Mask? Can we go, can we go there first? Yeah, let's let's get into it. I don't think many people would have had Tiger Mask and Dragon Lee being top of their respective blocks with perfect records after three matches. Yeah. Well, did did. ACH did ACH beat Flip? Yes, he did. Okay. 
Um, Tiger Mask lost to well, he got wins over Bushi, he got wins over Yo, and he got wins over Kanemaru. Yes, you know if and you're he, going to, if you're yeah if you're going to tell me the flip his most recent match. Okay, there you go. So if you were going to tell me that those were the matches that he like, you know, going through his entire schedule, Tiger Masks. I think I you could go either way with any one of those, right? The wins that he did get, Bushi, Yo, and Kanemaru. I probably, eh, you know, I probably, I probably would have gone Bushi more. This screams to me right now. Like the way it's laid out to me, you got that. You you always have that. The the people that there's no fucking way they're going to win, but they're doing well, right? Uh, again, Tiger Mask being the one that sticks out like a sore thumb to me in in this block, and then it's just like a logjam of people with four points. You know, ACH, Ishimori, Will, uh, Kanemaru all have four, and then Bushi and Yo right now have two. Is that am I correct in that? Uh, yes, yes, yeah. So now this kind of tells me that that the people that are at the top are going to have to lose more than they win, and then the people in the middle are going to have to win more than they lose, right? Um, so that that those are I think you'll see more wins for Ishimori, right? Because I think that's who we picked to to get out of this bracket, um. And I think Will probably would need to have more. I'm kind of surprised that Bushi with two. And Bushi only, but um, with two points, he only beat Osprey, right? Yes, that's right. He was sitting on a goose egg beforehand. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Three you think? in a row. Yeah, I was very surprised by it as well. Uh, I was wondering what they were doing there, but it seems to me the way they're booking this is they're structuring it in a way to try and make the wins meaningful rather than picked at random. So uh, when Bushi does lose three in a row, then when he manages to beat Will Ospreay, the junior heavyweight champion on the main event of the next show, then it feels more impactful and it means more than if it had just been thrown in there uh, when the guy, let's say, you know, he'd lost one and won two or lost two and won one. Yeah. I mean, and they've done this before, right? Uh, like yes. uh, the the G one with Tenzam, I think he won his first two matches then, and then he lost the rest of them. Or back in the year when Shelton Benjamin didn't he win his first four, and everyone thought, oh, Shelton Benjamin's going to the final, but then he ended up losing the rest of his matches. So yeah, back back to Tiger Moss. So he's got six points. He is someone that we wrote off uh, in our preview last week, but he has been exceeding expectations for me. His matches have been going. Uh, relatively shorter than everyone else's. But uh, it seemed to me that maybe they gave him these three wins uh, off the bat to show that he is still a, a credible junior heavyweight and that he will be in it next year too, rather than you know doing the Liger thing where he loses all his matches and then manages to win the last one you know, for old time's sake or, or whatever. Um, you know, maybe this is supposed to be he's a guy who's fighting like a man who knows that the end is near. Um also, is an yeah. interesting factoid here for you that his match with Bushi was a rematch from the w- WCPW Pro Wrestling World Cup Japanese qualifying round. <laughs> wow, that's that's a, that is a fun fact. Jesus, um, I, I got a fun fact for you too. If you if you uh, I did a, I did a little homework here. I saw this online. I, I I forget who it was who pointed it out, but great job. They deserve full credit. It is not mine, but go online, you'll see it. It's there. Um, 
Ishimori never beats Kanemaru. Never. I don't think he's ever beat him. If you go through like cage match and just look at matches between Kanemaru and Ishimori in Noah and you know Ishimori always loses. Always loses. And it's and it's carried over here. Ishimori lost to Kanemaru. I was amazed by that. Like, I like, does he owe him money or something? Is there a bet that he lost? Is there, there's got to be something to that because he never, ever beats him. Um, it's got to be like an inside rib or some kind of, some, something. Um, I just found that. And, and it's not like it's, there's one or two matches. There's several matches. Never beat him. Never, never, Kanemura never loses to Ishimori. I think that might have been our, uh, Evan Deadly Sins W who posted that. Well. Uh, and always a great job by him. Um, always come to. He's, he's a uh, he definitely is a resource that that uh, a valuable resource to the community. He he always seems to post and or you know contribute to interesting thought provoking posts. You know he's not he's not the guy that's posting fucking memes. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's he actually finds really interesting tidbits of information and if he posted posted that one then good for him because yeah i saw that and i was like jesus christ look at this this is amazing you, you know, always put your money on kanamara always put your money on kanamara um yeah bushi getting the only win over osprey um will got wins over ach bushi and yo uh yeah i think those are the you know that's that's that block um i guess the biggest surprise right now for me in the in the next block is Taguchi getting a win over Kushida in what was it a minute? <laughs> Wait, what? What's that about? Yeah, that was a bit of a shock as well. Uh, do you want to go wrestler by wrestler and just have a, yeah. a quick talk about what you thought of their matches so far? Yeah. Have you got um, any more thoughts about Tiger Mask before I move on to the next block? Well, uh, we've done yeah, ACH. Again, yep, we've done ACH. Tiger Mask for me is a guy that. Um, I can't say he's blowing like the matches are, are blowing me out of the water. Um, I don't know if it's if it's um, something that I would say you have to see Tiger Mask's matches. I think they're solid matches. They're good matches. Um, again, nothing blow away. But he's he's your he's your Nagata of the of the tournament right now. Um, he is your uh, your your New Japan Junior Dad who's going to make a nice little run. And again, the reason why we're giving him wins now, so that when he does lose, it's it. I don't want to say it's it's more of a surprise. It's more of an element of oh my god, are they really going to fucking do this uh, for, to Tiger Mask and have him win these matches? Again, Tiger Mask has already gotten wins, uh, you know, over big names. Uh, I mean, you know, your junior, your former junior tag team champion, uh, and you know, you know these the, Bushi and and and, and Kanemaru. I mean, you can't. They're, they're middle of the road type people, right? Um, but still, yo, you know these. I think they're significant. So I think he's having a good tournament. Not nothing great, but I'm kind of surprised at where he is right now. But I'm sure that'll end uh, relatively soon as we go further in the tournament. Okay, so let's talk a bit about Flip Gordon, who's got six points. He beat Kanemaru with the four flippy splash. He beat Ishimori with an O'Connor roll, and he beat Tiger with the four flippy splash again. Uh, so he seems to be doing quite well, considering he's starving to death, if his Twitter posts are to be believed. Um, is he impressing you? Yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with Flip. I know people do. I, I um, 
that's that some of the stuff is not as crisp as maybe they would want it to see, or you know, there are you know challenges with maybe communication or so. But I think he's I think he's I think he's done fine. I think he's done really well. Um, I enjoy watching his matches, to be truthful. Yeah, I don't know if I'm just being overly critical because I dislike him personally. I've tried to be objective, but I don't know. He's not really doing it for me. He seems quite slow in executing the top rope moves. Uh, he seemed to botch the finish of the Kanemaru match with the O'Connor roll. Uh, just at times, he seems like he's going in slow motions, and I'm I'm torn because he does perform some really outstanding feats of athleticism. He seems like an amazing athlete, like a... In the most recent match, he landed on his feet after a sky twister press when Tiger moved out of the way. But I'm not sure that in terms of his actual wrestling and his technical ability that he can keep up with the top guys in the division. But maybe I'm being overly critical there. I think he can. I think that his style lends to more opportunities to not be as crisp as possible. Um, I mean, let me ask you this. Of the people in that in that slot, in that block. Again, Bushi, Yo, Will, Ishimori, ACH, Kanemaru, Tiger Mask, and himself Flip. Is he the worst one of those groups? To, in your opinion, is he the, the the weakest link? Yeah, in terms of basic technique, I would say so. Okay. How about for excitement, uh, pop out of the sea, big time moves, pop a crowd? Out of all those, he's he's probably middle of the pack, right? I would have him on the higher end of the spectrum. I would say yeah. uh, Yo and Will Ospreay and Ishimori and ACH are better than him. So yeah, middle middle of the road. I have him fifth, to be specific. Ah. He's more exciting than a Kanemaru, a Tiger Mask, and uh, Bushi. I think he's up there when it comes to uh, he, uh, to me. It's between ACH, Flip, and Will. If we're talking about that category, so he's middle of the road. He's middle of the road. He's and 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 that's exactly where we kind of predicted him being middle of the road, right? He's not going to win this fucking thing. Um, he'll be, you know, when when it's all said and done, he's going to lose more matches now than he's going to win. And you know, he's middle of the road. And 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 again, I think the the why he's there. Again, we talked about styles and 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 different methods of of pro wrestling. He's he's the flippy do guy. He's there to, to to hit those big moves and to pop people out of their chair. Um, he's not there to be Kushida, that's for sure. Okay, that's fair enough. And looking at that spectrum, I'll talk next about Yoshinobu Kanemaru, who's got four points. So he lost to Flip. He beat ACH with his deep impact, and he also beat Ishimori with a small package, which was quite a surprise. So his matches, I think, have not been the best uh, from a technical excitement standpoint, probably on the lower end of the spectrum in terms of talent and ability compared to the other guys in his block but i love this guy i like him squawking like a grumpy crow and i liked him using his wily skills to outsmart his younger opponents like he did against ishimori and yeah this thing about he always beats ishimori it's 11 wins and one draw going all the way back to 2006 um i've got a question here from lee henderson asking if uh, you're disappointed that he's not coming out with his uh tag belt hmm yeah. For some reason, Desperado's yeah, carrying I, both I, of know them. What, I don't know what the deal is there. Yeah, why do you think that is? And I, I haven't really noticed that, but now that you bring it up, yeah. I hate that, actually. I don't like that at all. Why don't Why don't people carry their fucking belts? I don't get that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't like that. That To answer your question, no, I don't fucking like it. Where, where, you're the champion. Where, where the fucking belt of the ring? 
It's not that hard. Just fucking put it on. Right. I'm with you there. Uh, any other overall thoughts on Kanemaru so far? Um, again, he's the heel of the tournament to me, right? Like he's he and I and I say this um, happily that that he is one of my favorite heels in the business. Um, yeah, you're right. Good matches, not great. Um, but I don't think anybody was going into this thinking that you know he was going to shock the world and put on these these tremendous matches. A lot of nonsense, a lot of heel work. Um, that's why he's there, right? He's the heel of the block. Um, no, have I been blown away by many of his matches? No, of course not. I really haven't. Um, I think he loses a, like, we talk about guys who, oh my God, this guy should be a single and he should be on his own and he should, I I feel just the opposite with him. Like he needs to be in a tag. He needs to, um, have, have a, have a, a yin to his yang. Uh, when he talks to his over-the-top heel-isms. Because in a singles match, it kind of gets a little tiresome and a little, I don't want to say boring, but, you know, it's, you know, it, it can, it's seeing it repetitively. There's not a, here's the thing, there's not a lot of range going on with Kanemar. You know exactly what you're getting. Whereas with other guys here, you you, you feel like you could have range um, with an Osprey working a slightly different style or uh, Ishimori working a slightly different style or Kushida working a slightly different style. You know exactly what the fuck you're getting with Kanemaru, and sometimes it might not be the most exciting thing in the world, but he's there for that heel purpose. Okay, uh, next up, let's talk about Ishimori then. So he's got four points to He beat Bushi with a bloody cross, and then he lost to Flip Gordon, and he lost to Kanemaru. Uh, so he's not being booked particularly strongly, which is a surprise for me because I had him tipped to win the whole competition. Um, but it's notable that his last two defeats, he sort of had the victory stolen from him by like an, a Connor roll and a small package. Uh, there have been some interesting heel-heel dynamics, like with the, the Kanemaru match. Uh, it was interesting to see that Ishimori jumped Kanemaru at the, at the bell rather than the other way around, which is usually what Kanemaru does. And uh, in his most recent match as well he did a very nice uh takedown transition into a Fujiwara armbar which I don't know if you saw the Champions League final the football match last night Damon did you um I did not it was a beautiful day here I was not going to sit around and watch uh that nonsense but I did um uh, lots of people were I did have some friends it was Liverpool and let me see if I know it was Liverpool and uh Real Madrid was that right? Correct. Yes. The reason I mention that is because the the the, the controversial moment of that match was uh, one of the Real Madrid players uh, doing exactly the same thing that I just mentioned to one of the Liverpool players. So Sergio Ramos did uh, uh, a, a takedown into a Fujiwara armbar on Mohamed Salah of Liverpool and seemed to have broken his shoulder. So that's what stood out to me in that match. <laughs> Really? In 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 a football yeah. match? Yep. And got away with it as well. So Salah he was like Liverpool star player, scored 32 league goals this season. I think he dislocated his shoulder and may well have taken him out for the World Cup. So there'll be a lot of Egyptian fans upset about this. So, Wait, I don't understand. So we how did that happen? Like Well, they like, were just tussling for the ball. It was shoulder to shoulder and then Sergio Ramos kind of grabbed uh Salah's arm and hooked it under his arm and fell onto the floor and leaned in on it in a way that made it look exactly like a Fujiwara armbar. And Salah had to go off after that because his shoulder was all busted up. Holy shit. Somebody send me that. There's got to be a clip up there, out there somewhere. I, I, I need to see this. I, this is, uh, 
I, lo- I love it when worlds collide. Remember, we, we in the beginning we were talking about uh, you know, worlds colliding and, and uh, maybe maybe Champions League uh, and uh, the world of pro wrestling can get together. I mean, listen, from what I understand, they do a lot of selling. <laughs> get it? They fall and they yes. pretend they're hurt. Yeah, they yeah. certainly do. Thank you. Um, okay, yeah. Any other thoughts on Ishimori then? Um, I think we'll see a uh, definite spike in wins. Um, right now he is middle of the pack. I like his matches. I, I like watching him. I think he's, to me, he's quickly becoming one of my favorite juniors in New Japan. Um, I love his style. Uh, I love his build. I love his look. I'm totally down. And I think, uh, again, he's my pick. So I think we'll have, uh, we'll have a lot more wins coming his way in the weeks and days to come. Okay, let's talk about Will Ospreay. So he's got four points. He beat ACH and Yo with his Stormbreaker, and he lost to Bushi. So there's a lot of talk about Will Ospreay being Wrestler of the Year so far. Is that something that you are on board with? Yes, yes. He, at the very least, he's in the conversation. Um, it, and, and, and I think it's well-deserved. Um, and I again, you, it's not just his New Japan work that we're referring to. Um, so when we do our year-end awards, Joel, um, I think he'll be absolutely in consideration for Wrestler of the Year. Um, I think he's a shoe-in for Junior of the Year, right? Um, I, and I say that knowing full well we have so many talented juniors on this roster right now. But, yeah, I mean, you take his whole body of work between here and the stuff he's done. Um, you know, WrestleMania weekend, he really s- stood out. But once again... Um, I th- I think he's really got to make a huge splash now because, again, it's hard to talk about wrestler of the year without taking into consideration the G1 because that really makes or breaks the, the voting, right? Um, that G1 can put somebody in, the, in, in contention for wrestler of the year very quickly. And, again, keep in mind that we have Dominion right around the corner with a main event of uh, Omega and Okada with – you know the time and and the uh, creativity that we know they can have given the time that might that might push people over the top. But he's definitely in the conversation, Joel. Now I do agree, and I love Will Ospreay, but I'm going to go on a, a bit of a tangent here. Uh, oh. I'm a big fan of uh, the book series A Song of Ice and Fire, which uh, the Game of Thrones TV show is based on. This book series. Uh, as for the TV show itself, I really like the first three and a half seasons. Then, as they ran out of source material, the whole thing went off a cliff. Uh, I think the last three seasons have been bad. Now, the main reason that I think it's bad is that the producers, that's David Benioff and Daniel Weiss, they had no TV, no film experience prior to Game of Thrones. They're, they're amateurs, basically, and they're starstruck by the actors that they work with. And I think they write the show with no coherent characters or storylines, but they do it instead as an opportunity uh, for their favourite actors to emote. When I say emote, that's just showing an emotion on screen rather than acting. So acting requires an understanding of the character, an understanding of the character's motivations. So they do it to get these people to emote. It's basically mugging to the camera in like a a cat-handed attempt to win Emmys and Golden Glows for them. So all the worst changes to the the storylines have been a result of this. Uh, They love this actress called Indira Varma, who played the character Ilaria. They loved her emoting anger, so they wrote the whole storyline for her around her being angry. 
They liked uh, Lena Headey, that's a Cersei character, being motherly. They liked Alfie Allen crying. They liked Richard Madden being romantic. They liked Maisie Williams being badass. They liked Kit Harrington being brooding and intense. They liked Amelia Clark projecting unspecified emotional faces. So all these storylines, for me, have gone down the toilet because they just write scenes for their favourite actors to, like I said, mug to the camera so, to help them win awards. And they're not going to win the awards because the people who run the Emmys can recognise Emmy baiting when they see it. So... For example, instead of uh, Indira Varma, who's a really talented actress, instead of her thinking like, hmm, how would the character Ilaria Sam be feeling in this situation and acting accordingly? It's literally just her emoting anger. So you're probably thinking, what the fuck has this got to do with wrestling? I think this is what Will Ospreay's doing. I think he's emoting rather than acting. So he projects a strong emotion rather than appropriate response to what's happening in the ring at the time. Like... For example, him emoting disbelief when someone kicks out at two after he's done a big move. And the screaming as well. Uh, It's not just a scream, which is a bit corny, but can be done right in moderation. But all of his emoting feels a bit inauthentic to me. Now, he's a brilliant wrestler. He understands the match structure fantastically. He's technically, he's almost flawless in terms of the execution of his moves. But all the acting, the facial expressions, the screaming, they come across as a bit phony, a bit hard to believe. And it often takes me out of matches. So I was watching this match between Will Ospreay and Yo and I literally laughed out loud because Yo started sort of half applying a dragon sleeper and then I saw that he let out this blood-curdling scream and I was like it's a sleeper hold fam you're not gonna die and I swear that I know that spot I I know that exact spot that you're referring to and I said the same thing so okay go ahead we're on the same page yeah, well, at the end of the day, it's pro wrestling. I like it when it's a bit cheesy, but when I burst out laughing in the middle of a match, then that's a problem for me. I you know what I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I agree with a, a lot of what you said, and it makes a lot of sense. And I think that one of the reasons might be, and again, I don't know this for sure. So if I'm talking at my ass, it wouldn't be the fucking first time. But here we go. I don't think Will Osprey has been stretched. I don't think Will Ospreay has been dojoized, right? So you look at the young lions and how they sell, and and all the all the people that kind of grow up through the system of, of New Japan Pro Wrestling is they know how to sell moves because truth be told, they probably were locked in them legitimately, right? So they know what it feels like to experience some of the pain that goes along with pro wrestling and the basics of pro wrestling. And really, that was kind of like the Stu Hart way of learning. And, you know, so when you sell, you 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 know how it really feels. So you can kind of draw from that as opposed to, right, the blood-curdling screams on a, on a chin lock, right? Um, and I don't know if Will has had that in his life, in his pro wrestling life. So, okay, I, I, I absolutely see what, what you're saying. I I do. I don't think that discredits him from from the match quality, though, that he has had throughout the calendar year. Um, Yes, can it be a little over the top with the selling? Okay. Maybe it can be, and I absolutely see your point. And it does come across as a little bit, um, dare I say, phony. But I think the overall body of work that he has produced this year, uh, pardon my pun, trumps anything else. Um, any any of those negatives that that you bring up there to me personally? Yeah, I I'm in agreement as well because he's a guy who always works his ass off no matter what the venue. You know, if it's some uh, random municipal gymnasium in the arse end of nowhere in Japan, 
Uh, he'll put anyone over as well. Uh, I've been watching some other stuff of his. There was an amazing match with Matt Riddle for OTT and Ireland, which is they put up free on their YouTube. So strongly recommend everyone checks that out. Um, and I, I've enjoyed his matches. I liked him and Yo kissing each other's hands before their bout and the story that they told in that match uh, with uh, Yo being not as good as Osprey, but then he had to start targeting the neck and then Osprey had to dig deep and pull out all his big moves to finally put you away. But then afterwards, at the end of the match, they had a little show of respect and love hugging each other and all that. Um, so I've enjoyed the stuff that he's been putting out so far. Um, we do have a couple of questions about him. Uh, your man Joel in London is asking, should we consider him a future heavyweight champ or is he someone that New Japan will fail to keep? A gun to my head, he's someone that New Japan will fail to keep. Um, just looking at you know the the landscape of pro wrestling. Um, again, if 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 a big company is going to write a check and dictate a price, and it's something that is agreeable, I I mean I don't see why not. I don't see I don't see why he wouldn't. Um, I think creativity and all that stuff only goes you so far when there's a lot of zeros on a, on a, on a check. Um, so to answer the question, no, I don't think he'll be heavyweight champion uh, for this promotion. And I see him not being here um, in the long run. I think he'll be, he'll be Orlando bound. Okay. And another question from JDM saying, do you think he's had any sub four star singles matches in New Japan this year? Hmm. Um. Well, Wrestle Kingdom wasn't a singles match per se. Um. No. So we're looking at the Hiromu match, uh, Mighty Skull match, the Kushida match, the Okada match, and all the matches that he's had so far in the Best of Super Juniors. I'm sure one of them has been one of the the, the uh, best of the super juniors might be sub four. Um, I liked the Yo match a lot, though. I would I I like that one a lot, um, and I like the Kanemaru match. Mm. That's a tough question because some of them like just might scrape in, or depending upon my mood, might not be. Um, on a rewatch, mm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say no. I'm going to yeah, give him the benefit of the doubt and say no. Yeah, it speaks volumes as to the, the kind of year he's having. He's he's having an excellent year, definitely in the picture for being wrestler of the year. Um, okay, shall we move on to Bushi? He's got two points. He's lost to Ishimori and Tiger. He beat Osprey with the MX most recently. Uh, as we mentioned before, he did have three losses in a row. And I was thinking, never mind Bushi Road. Bushi is about to hit the road. But then he pulled the Osprey win out of the bag. And that's a real feather in his cap. Um, there's been some interesting stuff with him so far on this tour. Naito's been putting him over quite strongly. Just little things like he's been assisting the ring announcer, introduces Bushi last as the more important wrestler, uh, demanding that one of the young lines hold open the ropes for Bushi. Uh, there was something I saw today, actually, from Chris Charlton talking about Bushi's friendship with Naito. He says, it goes back before Hamaguchi's gym. He went to the same high school as me. He was a friend of a friend. I've mentioned I wanted to get into wrestling, and this friend said, you need to go to train at Hamaguchi's. I have a friend who works there. 
And Naito had this other part-time job at a convenience store. So I walked in there, asked him to sign me up. So Naito's been in three turning points in my life. He got me into Hamaguchi's, helped me when we were both in Mexico, and he was doing No Limit, and now together with LIJ. So a really nice story there, and I think it's sort of getting to the heart of why people love LIJ so much. Um, in Nagoya today in the show, they had uh, Hiromu and Naito. They won the match and then Hiromu was ha- holding open the ropes for Naito and then Naito held open the ropes for Hiromu too and they argued over who's going to get to hold the ropes open for them for a while. And then Naito got annoyed, so they played rock, paper, scissors and Hiromu lost, so he had to accept Naito holding the ropes open for him. So it got me thinking. There was a really good thread by a, a, a Twitter user, at Arumi, who is explaining why she and so many others love LIJ. And I'm going to read it because I think it's it's really quite beautiful. So why do I support this band of misfits so much? Like there are other wrestling factions out there, but I choose LIJ. And it's not just like support them. It's more like love and adoration towards them. Apparently, according to the people I'm close with, I'd be considered as weird to a majority of people, whether it's because of the stuff that I like, how I perceive and act over stuff, how I dress, etc. And I feel like I relate to LIJ too well because of that reason. Sometimes we fear of being or, or appear different because society expects us to be whatever they expect us to be. But here's LIJ where Hiromu is shamelessly dressed up in colourful clothes and unapologetically loving towards the men that he's fond of. Bushi shows up wearing nail polish and lipstick and misting everyone. Sonada has a long mohawk and decided not to talk to everybody. Evil's got his uh, goth stuff, his colourful hair, his raccoon eyes. And then Naito, who despises the system but just embraces all of these quirkiness. So deep down, we want to tear down the norms. But then LIJ shows up, not caring about the rules. It's not just one person encouraging the others. It's basically every single member being supportive of one another with no fear. And what makes Naito a good leader is absolutely because he lets the rest of LIJ just do whatever they want. So, oh, talking to a stuffed cat makes you feel better? Sure. You boys want to wear makeup? Of course. You want to go for the heavyweight title? I don't mind. I can't see myself being a fan of Bullet Club because to me, I seem like the person that would be the target that they made fun of. I don't see myself as part of Suzuki Goon because I'm too weak to hurt anybody and don't see myself as the greatest. I could be supporting Taguchi Japan, but in all honesty, even they would seem too normal for me. LIJ make it okay for me to break rules, to rebel against them, to feel okay with whatever you feel about yourself. And in the end, in a bizarre sense, I could see myself being a part of LIJ, not as a member, but more like being in that circle of people that just embrace others, no matter how strange. What do you think of that? Wow. Um, a lot of thought went into that. <laughs> uh, that's cool. I, I actually think that's very cool. Um, I think it's cool that that there are people out there that can find the, that connection over and above that was a four and a half star match, right? I think that's the thing that resonates most with me with that whole thing is that um, this person found uh, has a connection and and on a, on a on a personal level, and I think that is one of the great things that makes pro wrestling kind of cool in the, in the sense that that can happen. Um, no, that's, that's, I mean, listen, I, maybe I'm, um, you know, maybe I don't see the value in that today, but maybe the 20 year old Damon might have. Absolutely. Um, I I can see that. I I think I probably did that more with pro wrestling in general. I I think the love of pro wrestling in general was was a lot of what this person was talking about for their love of um, LIJ. But it makes sense. I mean, listen, 
I mean, it, if if you if you break it down, it is as as much as of of hooligans and and rule breakers and and I'm going to uh, stretch the norm that they may appear to be. They really are a uh, a, a, a group that brings all people and you know it's, it's and, and i know this is maybe the weirdest podcast i've ever done um this you know it yeah i mean that's that's again that's going well beyond the surface of what i would look for in pro wrestling but it's true you know it, i think everything that the that person was talking about is true and that's and that's the connection that they have and and now they have uh, again there is some type of personal connection that they have with this pro wrestling faction which is to me very cool well done well well and well said good all right i like that yeah i think it's something to think about when you hear all these people cheering for for Naito, for Hiromu as well in particular, that it's more than just, you know, that they're good looking or they're kind of carrying a, a little stuffed cat to the ring. I think people have made a real deep connection with that that helps them in their daily life. I mean, you know, going back to the, the discussion we had before about mental health issues, I think pro wrestling does a lot of good in helping people come to terms with uh, the, the issues that they have in their life. So, yeah, it was interesting discussions we're having today, Damon. A bit different. I know. I just feel like I just feel like there's there, this this one show of all the shows that I've ever done. It, it really is more of a, a very introspective show, or, or, or um, I don't know. I think we touched on things that we probably I've never really we've really discussed. So I like it. I think it's I think it's good, right? I hope people are enjoying it. Eh, you know what? Not for nothing. I don't care if people enjoy it. I do it for us, right? <laughs> for our enjoyment. If you like it, great. I don't care. <laughs> All right. Um, what else we got? We got, we got, we got another enjoying. column. The, the matches of Mr. Yo, Yohei Komatsu. So he's got two points. He lost to Tiger. He lost to Osprey. And he lost to uh, ACH. So people are quite split on the gear that we talked about last time. So there's more people jumping on the mm. uh, Stardust Genius uh, bandwagon uh, con- uh, making comparisons to Naito. So, aside from the gear, there's the intricate lucha counters, the running flump fr- front flip sent on, the opposite version of the outside in corner drop kick, and there's some little historical tidbits here. So, before Yo went to Mexico, there were some interactions between he and Naito where Naito would shoo away the other young lions and insist that Yo hold the ropes for him and take his Lij hat That's and true. things like that. So. I wonder if we might see Yo turn on show at some point and join Lij. Now that'd be quite that's a, a feud. That's a great point. I I do remember when that happened. Right before he went away on an excursion, he was uh, he was singled out by uh, Naito. And uh, yeah, I, good job, good good job by that. Though there's watchers, excellent, astute fans there. Um, here's the thing that I again I'm, I don't want to beat the dead horse with the uh, the uh, ring attire. It's the tassely things that drive me the nuts. It's 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 really that it begins and ends with the, the tassely things on the legs. I, the colors are fine. The the, the actual you know, it's fine. It's the tassels that just drive me batshit crazy. I can't stand them. Yeah, we had a question from JDM again at option underscore zero asking how terrible is Yo's gear, and I th- I think you've addressed that one there. Uh, aside from the ring gear, how have you enjoyed his wrestling so far in this tournament? Great, fantastic, and I think both show and Yo. Um, Again, a, a coming out party, so to speak. Singles matches really—I don't want to say you—you you see what a person's got if they're put in a, in a big time spot main event. 
singles match, right? Um, and we all knew that they were very good. Let's 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 not kid ourselves. It's not like um, we were expecting them to come out there and shit the bed. It's more of wow, these guys are really good, and they are going to be good for years. And these are the future of your company that, that you're seeing right here. Um, yeah, I mean, look at where Naito is now and where he was, you know, a handful of years ago. You know, tag team and with Takahashi, Yujiro. Right. So uh, and Stardust and all that and, and how he just grew uh, into where he is now. Same thing is going to happen with these two kids. Um, they're going to grow out of Rapongi 3K. Trust me on that. And they're going to be the future of this fucking company. And I think we're in really good hands because these matches have been very good. Um, and again, they're in there with talented people. You, you can't you can't well if, if if anything of this best of the super juniors again i think the the styles melding right and the and the fact that they're able to go at a certain style so to speak and being allowed to do so is one takeaway that you're going to get and two it's the coming out party for showing you Okay, great. So let's move on to the B block then. Um, Dragon Lee is sitting at the top. He's got six points. So he beat Taguchi with a desnucadora, which apparently uh, means something rude in Colombia, according to my friend Luz. Uh, he also beat Hiromu with a dragon driver. Uh, it's really nice. I've enjoyed him so far. It's nice to see him talking about how much he loves it in Japan. He loves the fans. He respects his opponents, uh, except for calling Hiromu Ratface. Um, but he's he's been great so far. He really carries himself like a star. Uh, do you think there's any chance he makes it to the final? Um, I mean, we got Kushida. We got Takamichinoku. <laughs> Takahashi. <laughs> uh, we got Takamichinoku. That would never be something. Um, no, I, I, I don't. I, again, I think what the half we're probably a little bit past the halfway point, and and the names that are at the top are there, so that when they lose, it's more impactful. Um, no, I think we got people that I think we got names that need to to, to move up the rankings. Hiromo, Kushida, uh, maybe even Marty Skrull, that are probably going to move up. I think the safe bet is the, is the Sabins of the world move down. I mean, after after Dragon Lee who right now, as of this recording, is at six. I mean, you have everybody else at four, minus Taguchi, which is, you know, again, he's always in the mix. This is this is the first time that he's really not been a factor um, in, in many years. So I think that logjam of fours gets sorted out in these next couple of weeks. And I think, again, Kushida, the, the Takahashi's, Skrulls, and Kushida's of the world find a way to... to, to to shoot back up, and we'll see more losses for Dragon Lee. Now, that being said, Dragon Lee is, is absolutely one of my favorites. Every time he's he, he participates in any way on a New Japan show, it's it's it, you got to watch because I think he's tremendous. And again, I've always said that him and Takahashi have this magical chemistry together that I thoroughly enjoy. So, um, is he a full time New Japan guy? No, I think he's a guy that he they bring in periodically just for these things. I think he has commitments in Mexico, and I think that's where it begins and ends. But every time he's in, I enjoy him. And what's there not to say about him and the matches that he has? It's great stuff. Really good. Yeah, I've been enjoying the little touches from him. Like he did the uh, Ichazo Bakayaro thing that Kojima does in tribute to Kojima because he's one of his amigos. 
Uh, he's also the younger brother of Roosh, who have uh, lost in Gobernable's fame. But he's not actually an Ingobernable himself. But in the Hiromu match, he did Roosh's trademark head punt into the crowds. He did the Los Ingobernables pose. So I was just trying to figure out what this means. There's a Reddit user, zombie underscore farts. What an amazing name. So he says it's a matter of dynastic hierarchy as Hiromu comes from lowly wrestling origins, but Lee comes from wrestling pedigree. Uh, Naito and Rush are senior to Hiromu. So maybe it's Rush's little brother using it to taunt Hiromu. Uh, there's also the mask he was wearing that was half Dragon Lee, half Kamatachi which is maybe another taunt that he beat him for his mask. Or it could be an acknowledgement about how their stories are connected. And he did treat that mask with respect. He presented it to Hiromu before the match. He was patting it gently after setting it down on the ring post. So the two of them, they've got a beautiful shared history. Their stories are bound together. Uh, They will be for a long time, I feel. So uh, Hiromu even said after the match, I'm honoured to have been born in this time so that I can keep fighting Dragon Lee. So beautiful little story there. Wow, that's 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 some homework right there, right? That's uh, not everybody's going to know a lot of those facts. Well, good job by you, and good job by that. Red- what was the what was zombie farts? What was it? Zombie farts, yeah. <laughs> oh, people are maniacs. God Almighty! All right, yep. Uh, what else here? So show. Uh, Let's show. talk about show. He's okay. got four points. He beat Sabin and Despi with a shock arrow. Uh, do you think he's better than Yo? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. Uh, like if I had to pick one right now, I'm I'm taking I'm a I'm a show over yo, um, and that's I mean trust me, I would take yo in a heartbeat. Uh, but again, gun to my head, I'll take show. Yeah, I think he's been the biggest breakout star so far in this tournament. He's got great comebacks. He's got big power moves. I love the shock arrow as a finishing move too. Um, in the backstage interview, he was calling his penis my super junior. He was saying he's going to put it all on the line, including his pants. So uh, uh, a bit of an interesting character to boot there. Um, one of our listeners, the Jay Gelsomino on Twitter, says he's going to call Rapongi 3K the J-pop yum yum boys from now on. I like this J-pop yum yum boys. I think it's I, that 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 would be a gimmick. Lordy Lou, um, there, I, I find those. Not that I've ever been in one of those clubs. Let me uh, let me just uh, pull, full disclaimer. But they are everywhere. And and again, they're suited for uh, the young men who would maybe like to spend uh, some time, some company, some companionship with uh, a young lady. And then there is the ones for the ladies, which I think is an equal opportunity. I think it's a great thing where it's the, uh, you know, the hangout with the, the boys at the bar. Um, I think we just don't have that here. Like, we just don't have that dynamic here. Um, I think it's, well... Yeah, but that not to stray too far. That would be a a hilarious gimmick, and they're so close. They just might as well just go all in on that. I, I, I'd pay money for that. Yeah, he's had some excellent matches as well to boot. I really enjoyed the match with Chris Saban, and I like the touch of him bowing to him afterwards as a little show of respect there. Um, how about that El Desperado? So he's got four points. He beat Hiromu with the Pinche Loco in a, a spectacular match, and then he lost his show. Uh, so this Hiromu match, that was a huge win for him. And there's also a lot of history from their dojo days. So it's actually the first time that Hiromu's faced El Desperado in singles action for seven years. So uh, back in the dojo days, Desperado was Hiromu's senior and defeated Hiromu 16 out of 19 times one-on-one. And Taichi, Tanahashi and Jado all chose this as a match to watch. And they didn't know if it would be a masterpiece or a train wreck. 
And at the end of the match, there was a really cool promo from Desperado where he, he teased. He said, oh, there's no need to hide myself to you anymore. I was about to take his mask off and then stopped and he yelled at the fans that he had them fooled. They don't always get the happy end that they want. And it was just a great match. 